three, two, one, go. go! I was tempted to make a noise instead of saying go again. It's annoying. It's so annoying. And then you're like, <laughs> just kidding, I have to do that again. Well, no, no, because I realised my mistake immediately. Like, it's it's a weird compulsion. I don't do it because I want to. It's not like, lol, do it again, yeah? No, I just, <laughs> so, I really, really want to make a noise, like a boop. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's, that's stupid. Why did I do that? You've just got really, really um, unusual Tourette's that only only occurs in very specific scenarios. Yeah, don't do not do a countdown near me. I'm terrible around New Year's. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> he found out when he worked at NASA. Yeah, just press all the buttons. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> so like, no, people, what are you doing? So many people died. <laughs> I'm not allowed back there. Now I'm in Jaden, FBI. Victor Goddamn Sullivan. Booker DeWitt. Solid Snake. Commander Shepard. Morton Sullivan. You're listening to PlayStation. 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 PlayStation Radio. Radio. Radio UK. This is PlayStation Radio UK. is 97.1 FM PlayStation Radio UK. It is Saturday the 14th of May, and it is 18.20 in the Eifnung. My name is Ben. Simon is here. Hey Ben. Hey Simon. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'll tell you what. What? Uh, We've been doing this podcast since 2009. Yes. And very few times have I recorded the podcast with my windows open. Have you got your windows open? Because the weather is nice. That's unacceptable. Um, so hopefully you don't hear any bird noises. Yeah, you won't hear any traffic. <laughs> no. My name's Simon. I live in a field. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking owls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, other than that, I'll tell you what I did do. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. When you came over here, I took you to the waterfalls, the Falls of Clyde. Which you did, and we... Just a couple of miles away from my house. We had to practically wade the whole way there because it was so wet. Yeah, well now the sun's out um, and all the mud is is like a path. It's almost like cement. It's like when mud goes hard, it doesn't usually happen up here, but right. it's happened. Fuck. Um, and I, I came across something which I'd never I'd never read the sign. It's on the opposite side to where we went. There's like an old sort of building. It doesn't even look that old, but it's actually from the early 1700s. And it's really fascinating because it's, it's such a, a good idea. What it used to be was they used to have a mirror inside the building on the ceiling. Right. Okay. And tourists would pay in the 1700s to go in and the mirror was like reflecting the waterfall so that you'd go in and all around you would be a waterfall. Oh, that's cool. That's a pretty cool idea, isn't it? That's really clever. And now it's just a ruin. That's just fucking shit. Chavs go in there and have (laughs) sex and make new chavs. I doubt it. Doubt it. Too far from from anywhere. Yeah, well, that's a very special kind of dogging. Yes. I mean, it would be awesome to dog somewhere where, where um, there is a... Is that, is that how you use that word? I would to, love to, to dog. dog at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome to do it in like a building where there's just mirrors and waterfalls. It would yeah. make the climax something special, wouldn't it? Would it be dogging, though, if you're inside a structure that's, uh, you know, complete? As long as someone's there watching. 
Or the, yeah, there's the, the chance so. of someone to come in and just and through the you. windows. Yeah, yeah. You do you, do you man. <laughs> Whatever gets you off. Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, I had, I had my friend Ben here <gasps> last weekend. Video imposter Ben. Video imposter Ben. Yeah, and we we hung out for a few days. I um, decided to finally furnish my room properly. What's that so, mean? as in, all I had were two office chairs. Oh, and, and like a mattress on the ground <laughs> and a <laughs> yeah. ball of piss. <laughs> hey, it's empty at the moment. There's only certain times of the day where it's full of piss, all right? It has two functions. Okay, yeah. Okay? Normal. You are normal. Thank you. That's all I ask. So we went all the way around town trying to find a charity shop that sold furniture, basically, because fuck paying for new furniture. Yeah, fair enough. And I managed to find a, a charity shop that's just around the corner from me that only sells furniture cool like dead people furniture oh yeah obviously which is is brilliant so i got this cream two-seater leather sofa for 55 quid okay and then you remember i don't know if it's maintained its level of heat up where you are but in london last weekend it was so fucking hot and we carried this sofa all the way back i had to keep putting it down because my hand it was tearing my hands to shred the underneath was like really horrible um, and I had to keep putting it down. And then, holy fuck, getting it into the house and up two flights of stairs was awful. Yep. Because you couldn't fit it around the corners. We had to take the wheels uh, wheels off. I was dripping with sweat. And for the entire week after, uh, it's only just started to get better. I couldn't I couldn't grip things with my hand. Oh, just no. like a like a big jelly jelly floppy thing. You know, no masturbation for no a masturbation week. at all, man. Just a Terrible. just just a floppy rub against your genitals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so messed up. I don't think anyone needed that mental image, but yeah, no, yeah, no. it was really challenging. I couldn't open doors or That's shake odd. hands. That's really was, weird. Yeah, I just knackered my forearms. Basically, it was it wasn't that bad really. But now I have a sofa in here. I went back and got a, a, a rug the next day because I've got mm. a wooden floor and a little chest of drawers as well for fifteen quid. Nice. It's great. British yeah. Heart Foundation. So if you if you find one of those nearby that sells furniture, go in there because they've got fucking loads of stuff. It's really the ironic cool. thing is you nearly had a heart attack getting the couch back. <laughs> if I'd have died carrying it home, then Ben would have just had to take it straight back to the shop. Yeah, I'd like to donate this, please. Haven't you just seen it? Oh, yeah, the owner died. Oh. Heart attack. You need All to right. fucking charge more so that you can actually make a difference. <laughs> That's their business plan. <laughs> They wait for yeah. you to die carrying their furniture out. I'm not sure that is a good business plan, though. They're just losing customers. Yeah, but they're getting money and not losing stock. Good point, yeah. Um, the thing is, um, when you eventually decide you don't want to live there anymore, what are you going to do with that couch? Just cut it up? Yeah, either either cut it up um, and just take it out in pieces or just hope that the next person who comes wants in wants it. Yeah, yeah. that would be the easiest thing because uh, I'm not going to be able to fit it in any kind of transport that can get nearby to my house so is it a two-seater three-seater it's two-seater but it's it's weirdly bulky and kind of annoying but it's in here now and it's never gonna fucking leave so that's all yeah Um, awesome but speaking of uh the weird business model of british heart foundation sort of hoping that you die when you're trying to take your furniture out well i mean uh, allegedly i'm pretty sure we've got no evidence to no no this is is fact this is a fact (laughs) now that we're working from see you in court uh the place i work i i passed my probation there last month and i got put on their pension scheme which is with scottish widows 
Okay. Is that right? Is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. You recognize that? Okay. And I opened it up. Open up. They've just been sending me loads of letters, basically. And I opened up the first letter and got a massive paper cut, like, all the way across my hand. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, God. They don't want me to get the pension. They don't want me to reach my pension. Yeah. They want to try and off me before I... God, no, it may have been laced with something. So if yeah. I die, it was the Scottish widows. <laughs> and I need you to go and find them. And sort them I, out for You me. know, they're not actually just a group of widows. There's three of them, right? The three widows? <laughs> the three widows. It's like a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> the Scottish widows. <laughs> they're all in different towers. <laughs> go, go and find them. Uh, yeah, no, I'm pre- no, pretty I'm, good, man. I'm pretty sure you're not overreacting about that paper cut. No, I, I'm... Yeah. I'm dying. It's all good though. I'm 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 feeling fine. The weather is improving. We had two days of weather and then thunderstorm. And I like now thunder. we're now we're back to pretty good weather again. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and to, we've got a good show today. We're gonna to be talking about Uncharted. Obviously, it's completely spoiler free. Because we haven't finished it. We've barely because started. We're human it. beings yeah. uh-huh. who don't get free copies of games and have to buy them ourselves and fit them in around other stuff. So Yeah. And this is gonna be the sort of the end of the Dark Souls talk. For now. for now, yeah. I mean, there's a season pass, so there'll be, there'll, there, will, there will be more Dark Souls talk in the future. We'll be back. Yeah. We'll be back. But should we start? Let's start! Game of the week this week is Uncharted 4 Among Thurves. I was impressed that Tesco is managed it to get among it. Thieves? Uh, Isn't it like no, no, it's a not thief's, a end. thieves' End. Which yeah. one was Among Thieves? That was the Uncharted Two, wasn't it? Two, oh, I don't know. Uncharted Four, Drake's Fortune. The Thieves Strike Back. Yes, Return of the Thief. <laughs> Return of the Mac. Ba, ba, ba. So, like we say, we've only played a little bit. I think I'm on chapter eight. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but I'm very happy about it. There are guns um, and climbing. Yeah. And there's a lot of nice locations. Um, what I want to say, the thing that basically describes Uncharted 4 the best, is that this is Uncharted mixed with The Last of Us. Not not the bleakness of The Last of Us, just the storytelling mechanics, the mm-hmm. realism of the characters. Um, that side of it is very The Last of Us. Would you agree? Yeah, and I, th- I think it's important for people to realise that Naughty Dog is no longer the studio that makes Uncharted. This this is, as far as I'm concerned, Uncharted 4 is a game from the studio that made The Last of Us, yeah. which is fucking awesome, whatever it is. And uh, you can, yeah, it bleeds over so heavily. So many mechanics have made it over, like the option to interact with people in, when they're when you're looking in, in the uh, in the environment in certain places, you can initiate a conversation yeah. and stuff like that. The way that the story is told is so much better than it was in in previous Uncharted games. So like you say, there's conversations you can have that are optional whilst you're exploring that progress the plot and let you learn more about the characters. They're never just faff. You know, like, I don't want to say GTA because a lot of, like, GTA 5 was awesome and I don't think it did this that much. But it used to be in some sandbox games, people are talking on missions, but they're not really saying anything that's that noteworthy. Hmm. The conversations in this, they are all developing characters and they're working towards the overarching story which is really nice and the level design is good for the story as well a lot of games you always know where you're going i got to one part um, in a sort of like building complex where i felt lost and i felt lost because the character nathan drake was meant to feel lost mm-hmm. 
and it and it was worked so well and it and and it was awesome yeah so i feel like the story has been told in, in in more creative ways than just get to the cutscene, get to the puzzle um and that's something that's really positive yeah, they've they've definitely widened the levels a lot. Yeah. You're no longer just going down a corridor, and and in one sense, that's fantastic. But in another sense, I've sort of got this compulsion to go to every single corner, <laughs> and it takes me forever. And sometimes I did. Uh, there was one particular section, and uh, without saying anything that could suggest anything, Simon, it's the let's just say the mansion near the start, mm-hmm. um, and. I was running around on these rooftops and I thought, oh, here's a way I can go. And I ran all the way over there, jumped down, sort of climbing along the building and then jumped down onto what I thought was a new ledge, but I was back exactly where I started. It was just a different way you could go yeah. around that level. I thought, oh, fuck's sake. That's the and bit that I'm talking about where, where there's people chasing you and you're trying to get out quick. I, I hadn't even got to that bit yet. I was just getting lost in like oh, the most well, simple I mean, place. It's, it's not really a spoiler. There will be people chasing you in this game. Um mm. And it, and it just sort of feels like I'm not sure where I'm meant to be going, but I know the the destination I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And and it's not just follow the, the thing on the map that tells you where to go. Mm-hmm. It's it's creative level design. You, you Most of the time, you don't even see your HUD. It's just the game. So yeah. there's... It's sort of like when you got things like Dead Space that showed the health on, the, on his back. Any, anything that eliminates the HUD makes you more immersed. So yeah. it, like having a spotlight on a building instead of a big star on a mini map it just makes you that more that much more immersed and the last of us did it as well you were trying to get to a bridge and every now and again um ellie or joel would say oh there's the bridge and and it would the camera would pan one thing that i think is really funny about this because it's very similar to the last of us in some ways something that i hated about the last of us and there's there's nothing there's basically nothing that i hate about the last of us but this is one little niggle is that whenever there was the prompt button prompt to 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 look at something it played an uncharted noise. Do you remember right. that? And it, it really stuck with me. It was like, oh, that's just uncharted. Oh, really? This, I, this is I so different. Didn't and it even was, make that connection. It was a. It was the noise from uncharted when you pick up a, uh, a treasure. Oh, really? And it was like, oh, that's uncharted. In this, whenever okay. there's a button prompt to look at something in the exact same way, there's no noise. And I'm just thinking, wow, <laughs> why did they just not put the noise in for the Last of Us? <laughs> Um, they clearly took that on board. Yeah, I mean, I guess other people must have said that, but I wouldn't have even minded it in the la- in, in Uncharted because it's 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 an Uncharted noise, um, and some of the little details in this game are just awesome. I got to a bit where I was just sliding down a a roof, mm-hmm. and it looked awesome, and it and it, it worked really well. And then I heard a noise. I had my seven point one headphones on. I heard a noise of a slate sliding down a roof, and I looked behind me, and one of the slates had come loose, and it was just sliding down. <laughs> and it's just nice. those are the kind of details that separate an awesome game from. Yeah, and here's here's a, another a thing that game. just just goes to show that Naughty Dog are sort of the masters of this kind of storytelling. Yeah. Um, again, not a spoiler because it's been shown in every single trailer. You're in a place with let's just say red sand because it's sort of like sort of like an africa locale kind of place and you've got a jeep right you know the bit the jeep bit yeah they've shown it in all the trailers yeah and you're having a conversation with sully and sam your brother um while you're going around there and if you get out of the car while they're talking um nate will say oh hold that thought i'll be back in a second 
And then whenever you finish doing what you're doing, you'll get back in the car and, and you'll say, ah, oh, sorry, Sully, what was it that you were saying? And oh, he goes, that's so, that's so cool. and he says, ah, oh, uh, uh, what was it? And then he just begins at the start of the, like, not the whole thing. He, he doesn't oh, say the whole thing, again, just the sentence. He starts the sentence okay. again uh, that he was cut off on. It's just so good, so yeah. seamlessly done. I've actually, I've got to that bit and obviously it's not spoilers because we know that, we know that there's cars in this. Hmm. It's just nice to have another game mechanic in there. So we've always it's had so shooting. It's so fun to drive. It's we've, so fun to drive as well. We've always had stealth. We've always had puzzles. Um, but now just a different thing. There's there's suddenly four mechanics because you've got driving and it works really well. And there's more exploration because you can stop the vehicle and get out and look at things and look around for other sort of treasures and that kind of stuff. And that's something I like because when I'm in the game, like you said, you feel like you have to explore every corner. I do the opposite if the story is dictating that I have a limited time or anything like that, I don't explore because I want to, I want it to almost play like a movie, which it does. I mean, yeah, it looks yeah. almost I, like a If I was Pixar being chased, film. I wouldn't go and check the corners. Yeah. It was just that when there was downtime. But it's nice that you can go to these other elements, these other parts of the game where you can suddenly just stop and explore and it slows everything down. Mm-hmm. Because the first sort of six chapters, really high pace, really nice pacing in this game. And then it just brings it back a bit and says, okay, let's relax here and just explore. And it works with the storyline. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like in some games where, oh, quick, we need to do this thing, and then all of a sudden you're off doing some side quests. It doesn't feel like that. It just feels like naturally the story has slowed down a bit. Yeah, something that perfectly backs up what you've said there is how both of us stopped playing in exactly the same place. Yeah. We yeah. we both left it for a bit and went and played some Dark Souls, and we both, you know, without communicating with each other, felt that the story had reached a point where it had just slowed down a bit. Yeah. And we both left it in the same place. It's just fantastically paced. Uh, I mean, it almost and, felt like that was the end of episode one, you know? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's just, um, it's fantastic. And there's not uh, there's not much more I can say um, without getting into spoilers. I want to talk about the, the, the opening without spoiling anything, but there's a house. And the way that they've designed it just in terms of where where things are where objects are in the house it just looks like a real building it looks like you've walked into someone's home yeah it's it's so lovingly put together yeah and um, ev- everything is is just got that level of detail that makes it amazing mm-hmm. and there is one thing that i obviously i'm very early in the game I, it's just something that i've noticed so far and it's the way that the Neil Druckmann, he's the writer of The Last of Us and he's, he's, he's taken on writing of Uncharted 4, the first Uncharted that wasn't written by Amy Hennig, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, so he's obviously come at this after The Last of Us. And you can tell that he likes to write characters. He likes to write real human beings who have families and relationships. So we went from The Last of Us where there's a father-daughter relationship to this one where there's the father... Uh, no, the husband and wife relationship. And it almost feels like he sat down and the first thing they said was, what is Nathan Drake's job? And they gave him this real life job and they gave him real life and a house and a, and a, and a mortgage and a pension and they made him an actual person. And that's yeah. awesome. But then I also feel like some of the ludicrous gameplay mechanics like swinging on ropes and like mass murdering people from South Africa, <laughs> it feels a little bit it ends with with the realism of the story and the characters yeah i I see where you're coming from and and just quickly they they do an amazing job of humanizing drake yeah you can you can tell that while he wants to be where he is he still misses everything that he did yeah and i mean it'd be it wouldn't really work with uncharted if he just decided not to kill anyone 
or if no I mean not at all and I think that I struggle to see how they could not have made it feel like this mm. but it you can just tell that Neil Druckmann wants to write a story about characters but he's stuck with Uncharted he's stuck with the baggage of the previous games yeah and that's just a little niggling thing I mean this game so far is a masterpiece I don't think it's going to be like The Last of Us simply because The Last of Us is a game where the story can be elevated to such level whereas Uncharted is it's Indiana Jones you know it can only so be so you're excited for a new Druckmann IP I am potentially. I'm, I'm, what it shows is that he hasn't. It wasn't. He was. He's not a one-hit wonder. He can write characters really well, and I really want to see what he does again from the ground up, just writing a story. Um, yeah. And and like I say, I'm enjoying this more than any Uncharted game ever. So that little niggle um, is is just that. It's a small little thing that probably was unavoidable. Yeah, I have a few things I want to rattle off quickly sure. that we can discuss. Uh, first thing is the shooting feels brilliant. Yeah. So much better than in the previous games. I That's wish, fantastic. I wish they had a little bit less health. I find um, that I shoot enemies too long. I tend to go for headshots, but yeah, I know what you mean. They yeah. they take a lot of bullets. They don't yeah. react like The Last of Us people did, where you could bottle them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they've obviously introduced the grappling hook, which is great fun. Mm-hmm. And also sliding on your ass, yeah. which is also fun. I like sliding and then throwing a grappling hook and then sliding again, and it's just fun. It just makes traversing the environment that much more interesting if they pepper this stuff in there. The the sliding, I really like. I wish that they hadn't done it. As they, what they, the things that you slide on is usually scree, which is like just loose rubble on hillsides. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd made it mud. Oh, you do get mud, don't worry. Oh, do you? Okay, because the amount of scree that you slide in one level, you're like, fucking hell your legs would be cut to, to ribbons. You'd be <laughs> I think, in agony. Uh, I think Sam does remark that he's still got loads of stones in his boots yeah. at some point. From the but last it's, it's those kind of things that I'm talking about, sliding down like really sharp bits of scree and then gra- um, grapple hooking over like a massive drop where if you, if you missed that grapple, you would be dead. Mm. Those kind of things, they, they don't marry as well as The Last of Us did to the, the grounded character-based story. Right. Um, and it's just a little, it's just a little thing that I've noticed. Um, I love the animations. I know you've got a list of stuff, but just my last thing I want to mention: the animations are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got such a hard on for a, a game with amazing animations. So things like Dark Souls, where the animations basically are fifty percent of the gameplay. You know, apart from the fact that they hit you when you're behind them and so on. Yeah, and that's that's just a little annoying thing. But the actual level of detail in the animations in Dark Souls where every weapon has a different one and, and you, you use your different attacks based on what animation you want to use I love the things in Uncharted like when you're running and you stop and he puts a hand on the wall yeah, and all that kind of stuff it's just amazing mm-hmm. and uh, again talking about that stuff in terms of them sort of bantering with each other as you move around yeah. the environment so Sully will be stuck somewhere and like over the other side of a building or whatever you'll accidentally fall through something or there'll be an explosion you just hear in the distance you're right kid or something like that and then yeah. drake will shout back out to him and stuff it's just so they know exactly how it's all designed yeah and how it's all going to work and how the player's going to play it and all the audios you know the, the lines of dialogue will fire off at the right time and mm-hmm. it just makes it feel very organic and it's just so cool are you playing it with headphones i am not because no. i noticed it on i don't know if it's just my tv i had it on the television setting for audio and if I'm not looking directly at someone's face, I can't hear a word they're saying. Oh, really? So I had to use my headphones. I basically can't play oh. without headphones. I don't know what I, what, what I didn't it is. have that issue. I yeah. didn't have that issue. Maybe 
Are you sure you said it on TV? Maybe yeah, it's it was. Yeah, it actually thing. changed automatically when I put my headphones in. Okay. Um, I, I luckily haven't had that issue. I would like it that if the sound is, if people are far away, maybe it automatically puts subtitles on That would you. be nice, yeah, because I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, especially when you're driving around and stuff in this particular level when you leave the car for a bit and they start yeah. talking to each other it's difficult to hear them which but is a shame i don't mind it anyway because it means i have to play it with headphones and it's so much better with headphones on just like the last of us was mm-hmm. uh, and finally the the actual motivation for me the, the whole story of this game in terms of searching for pirate treasure that's brilliant i love that that's such a brilliant idea for a story that that drake hasn't done yet yeah and that was one of the things while it's gameplay wise the far the weakest of the of the trilogy that's why i liked drake's fortune the first game so much is because it was set sort of about treasure and and the spanish coming there in the 16th century or whatever it was to try and find the treasure and Mm -hmm. did they find it or didn't they find it and it was sort of very grounded in you know it wasn't so much that it was just in one location but i like the fact that it was so focused on that whereas in the other games he's jet setting all over the place and he does jet set in this to an extent it makes a bit more sense in this one yeah it it, he's following a real tangible trail and it's like the best thing about the pirates of the caribbean films but you're playing through it it's so it's so good i like i liked in the first one that the twist was it was the first time you'd seen a twist in an uncharted game you had no idea what to expect from it uncharted 2 especially felt like they were just it was it was a sequel, wasn't it? I mean, it followed the plot points almost to the letter, um, and it had the little weird twist as well with the monsters. I like the fact that um, this doesn't seem to be anything like the other games in terms of story and the way yeah, that it's, it's been told. We can't understate though how important Un- uh, Uncharted Two was though for Naughty Dog because that's oh, when sure, Naughty yeah. Dog really started to become Naughty Dog. Yeah, they uh, they nailed the gameplay now. in that one. Yeah, and the whole chatting back and forth that sort of yeah. stuff that was the first time you saw that i um, i also want to say that if anyone hasn't played those games don't play uncharted 4 don't start here there's mm-hmm. a reason that they made the, the remastered collection and it's for people who maybe had an xbox and then got ps4 you should yeah. definitely buy that one first and you can probably get it for like 20 quid and three yeah, games for that cheap easily and then by the time you finish all three uncharted 4 will be cheaper just make sure that you avoid spoilers because i'm really nervous about that uh, for uncharted 4 yeah, I'd, and I think Neil Druckmann has actually said, you know, take this game slow, enjoy it. And that that's really what I'm doing because I, you and I played up to the same point as we already discussed. Mm-hmm. And then we both went back to Dark Souls, which is weird, which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a second. Yep. But I think that's great because while I appreciate Uncharted 4 and I think it's one of the best games I've ever played, I could happily leave it for a while and then come back to it. And I think that's probably the way it may have been designed to be enjoyed. As long as you leave it at the right time, obviously. You can sit there and you can play it through in one go. That will be absolutely fine. Yeah. But for me, leaving it and coming back to it, just extending that experience, it makes it feel far more rewarding. Mm-hmm. I feel like The Last of Us, I couldn't put it down. It was like it was like a good book, you know, you just can't stop. Mm. This one, I feel, is more like, it's more like a really good TV show where it's good to anticipate the next time you're going to play it. But, you know, there'll be two... Don't feel like you can't just play through it in one sitting if you no. if that's the way you play. What I would say is, who knows when we're going to get another Naughty Dog game again. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to blaze through it and, and yeah, and just ruin it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to go for the Platinum in it, but um, until then, I'm happy to... For example, I put another few hours into it today and I feel like I've left it at a, another point where I could come back to it so i'm going to play some dark souls 3 this evening um 
Are we done talking about Uncharted? Can yeah. We move on to Dark Souls? Speaking of Dark Souls, I... And we're both on our platinum run now. Yeah, so I basically finished up the, the game. I was just doing some extra Covenant stuff, so that's why I hadn't finished it. Um, finished it, started my next playthrough. I had a couple of quest lines I had to do, so I did all them. I must have finished the game in about four hours or something. It's ridiculous. I was in Undead Settlement yesterday, and I finished it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm in New Game Plus Plus. I started New Game Plus Plus today, and I'm at the Abyss Watchers, so I'm blazing through it. And the only thing I need to get now is the the rings, um, and that requires getting is is the only you can only get them in New Game Plus Plus. Right. So that's what I'm doing just now. What about you? Yeah. Uh, same for me in that I had finished the game, but I hadn't properly finished it and started New Game Plus yet because I was wanted to farm some of the Covenant items. And because the only Covenant I had left, after farming the other stuff, which was a pain in the ass as well, um, the only ones I had left were the Proof of a Concord Kept, which is for the Blue Sentinels. Yeah. And the only way that Covenant works is if there's someone who is in the Way of the Blue Covenant that mm-hmm. gets invaded, and then you get summoned in to help them. Yeah. But there is no one in my co-op level range. Um, I don't even know if that's a thing in Dark Souls, but... It is, yeah. uh, Dark Souls 3. Uh but basically, I was in I was in Blue Sentinels for ages, and I never got summoned in. Yeah. So once you reach that point in the game, the only way to really do it is to farm them from enemies where they're an extremely rare drop. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I was lucky. I I kind of just thought, oh, there's there's them the Blue Sentinels. I'll go that because it's fun. Yeah, and I did that from the start of the game as soon as I could, and that meant I got them legit. Um, yeah, lucky. Which is lucky. so much more fun than having to farm. Oh yeah, I, it was so annoying. I spent so much time basically the past two weeks on and off just and, farming this crap and, and something uh, i'm doing now on my new game plus new game plus plus run through is i'm always a way of blue covenant which is the one that needs help if i get invaded yeah and so i've helped a few other people get a legit proof of concord kept mm-hmm. um because no one wants to be way of the blue yeah and i think that's basically it is once you get to the point in the game where everyone is just finishing up their first playthrough no one is in way of blue because everyone's trying to do covenant stuff so it's, it's less kind people. of broken, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, at that point in the game, it's it's very difficult to get. So, and that's something I, I wish they'd do. Is and this would be that this is how I think they should fix it. Make the blue sentinels also get help when they're invaded, and then mm-hmm. you, as a blue sentinel, can just go to somewhere where people invade a lot and help other other blue sentinels get their proof of concord, and then you know take it in turns almost. Yeah, that would make it a lot easier. It would make it fun. And not yeah. as broken, yeah. Yeah, so I had to or, remove fact, most sorry, of my... Oh my God, this is, what? No, this is the perfect idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's the Blue Sentinels and there's a Dark Moon of Blades or whatever they're called. Make the Blue Sentinels not get help, but the Blue Dark Moon, Dark Moon guys get help as well. There's the perfect fix. Right. Because once you get to the Dark Moons, that's when the thing doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Um, am I allowed to continue now? <laughs> no. Have, have you made your point? <laughs> Uh, I, I basically had to remove half my armour so I could wear this stupid fucking chest hat. Yep, mimic hat. The mimic yeah. hat, yeah, that raises your item finding by 100. Then I had a ring that increased item finding. Then I went to the Rosaria's Finger Covenant and reassigned my attributes so I had 80 luck. 80? Fucking hell. 80 luck. And then I had to... I crushed a rusty gold coin that raises your luck slightly every time I would go for a run. Did you find it? <laughs> I would I would kill t- these two silver knights 
and then I'd sit down at the bonfire, kill the two silver knights, sit down at the bonfire, and it's totally random whether or not you find it, but I did eventually get it. Um, and it was such a pain in the ass. The mimic chest obviously actually drains your health while you yeah, wear it as well, which is which is really shit. So it was really crappy. But then I I finally did it, reassigned all my stats, and I've now started. I started my new game plus run last night, and you gave me a hand with a couple of things, and I've just got a I've got it all mapped out in a document. What I need to do: collect the last few sorceries, get a particular ending, learn some gestures and then uh, then i'll be done as well a lot of people a lot of people in our community have got the platinum yeah quite a few people have got it good for you all and i'd also like to thank seb listener seb who helped me out with something in dark souls 3 and he actually since discovering he liked the gameplay of the souls games he told me in the space i think it was of a month he played dark souls 1 2 3 and and just finished Bloodborne, and I think he platinumed all uh, he platinumed, of them, maybe. Yeah. I think he's which, been going for platinums. which is crazy. And he's he gave you he gave you all the rings, didn't he? He did. It was it was very generous of him. Um, he gave me all the rings. And now now the temptation for me to just ask you to drop them to me is so large, but <laughs> I will not give in. He wants to do it legit, which is fair legit, enough. Yeah. And at least, as I said to you, you have an insurance policy in case you fuck something up and can't get one of them. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. which is good. Um, but I, should, okay, I, th- you, I think I'll have the plat tonight, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Well, we can Skype up while we do that, and then yeah. you can have a little party. Um, and I just want to add quickly here, but before we stop talking about Dark Souls, that um, we're going to be doing an Uncharted spoiler cast. Yeah, when when we both finished it. Yeah, so as you're playing it, email us in, tell us what you think of the game, um, just your thoughts, your thoughts on story points. Um, as you get to them, we'll probably be ahead of you, I guess. Um, if you are going to send us story stuff, put spoilers in the title, just so that we can have your views in the in the spoiler cast as well when when we do. Possibly, it. I'd actually rather they didn't yet because I have a feeling a lot of people will have finished it and I haven't. Okay, well, have you? So if, maybe we wait because we're not going to do it before the next show, probably. Uh, yeah, you know what? Mm, probably not. I I won't have finished. Okay, it so by just next week just give us your thoughts on the game. Then no spoilers. No spoilers, and, and then next show the we'll, we'll probably ask yeah. whenever whenever we finish, just to be safe, because I don't want to accidentally <laughs> open an email and just get a face full of spoilers. Yeah. Now, one thing that Seb did say that he really didn't like about the Souls games when I was talking to him as he was helping me out is that he found Dark Souls 2's inconsistencies with the rest of the series to be really frustrating. Yep. And I can appreciate that now, Simon. Because you've been playing Scholar of Sin. That's the PS4 version of Dark Souls 2, yeah? Yes. When Ben was here, we were playing through it and, oh my God, it's so frustrating. I made a list of things that annoy me. If I can describe how it plays it's kind of like if bandai namco said oh okay so from software doesn't want to make another dark souls game we'll just get another studio to make it it honestly feels like another studio made this it feels like a sequel i mean it's that's the thing that is all and i know people that think it's the best game of of the best dark souls game it doesn't feel like it was designed as let's make a dark souls game it feels like oh dark souls one did well let's just make another one yeah, but they they fucked so many things up that yeah. weren't in Dark Souls 1, though. Like, I, just a few things I wrote down that really, really got on my nerves. As I, was, I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm nearly done. Uh, Estus makes you completely stop to drink it. That's annoying as hell. Yep. And mm-hmm. it takes you fucking ages to drink it as well. But so I, think that might been, slowly, I think that might have been in Dark Souls 1. I'm not sure. I, th- I, think, I think you have to stop fully to drink it in Dark Souls 1. But he... Your your character takes ages to lift the fucking thing to their face, yeah. and then it doesn't just instantly refill 
Do I always oh, yeah, it's the it way it fills your health that oh, really annoys God, me. Yeah. That sucks. Um, enemies can hurt you in animations. That's something that's never been in a Dark Souls game. Yeah. That's bullshit. So you're doing a backstab and enemies are just beating the shit out of you. It's like, oh, cool. This is great. Uh, you can get stuck on the environment. So when you're trying to run away from things or jump over things, like the tiniest little like steps even, you'll just get stuck on it like it's a wall and you won't be able to get over it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking stupid. Like just tiny little things that are really annoying. Um, level design where the geography doesn't make sense. Things don't connect to each other properly. You look at a structure and you think, hang on, how does that staircase go up to that? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. One thing I noticed from playing that game as well is it doesn't, when you play Dark Souls 3, I never used a guide. I used a guide for like some covenant items just to know what I needed to get. Um, I never used a guide for where to go next. It always made sense. It always There was always some kind of exposition that explained things logically. Everything right. made sense. Dark Souls 2 to me was like the most weird design and structure. Yeah, it's and like, go where you fucking want. It's like, okay. It just, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a few here, Simon. I hope you don't mind if no, I roll these. I'm, loving I'm this. sure you probably agree because <laughs> you had to get the platinum in it. Uh, <laughs> boring bosses. I haven't faced a boss. So, I mean, obviously, I've beaten it already on PS3, but that was ages ago. Um, there wasn't a boss that I've faced so far where I thought, this is a cool boss. They're just, they're just a big monster that walks about usually. Yeah, there is a lot of that. There's a lot of that. I mean, yeah, there's some good bosses, but when you compare it to Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls 1, repetitive bosses as well. You know, there's bosses where they chuck in and be like, oh, people are like this because it was in Dark Souls 1. No, we want new bosses. Yeah. Uh, Time after time, you'll come across new areas that are absolutely pissed to navigate through like the enemies will be really easy and then it will just take a nosedive or if you want just just a huge difficulty spike in terms of environmental hazards so that place where the little statues spit poison at you Mm -hmm. that path down to the boss sucks there are loads of enemies there these statues spit things out at you like from different angles you know that yeah. don't make sense based on where they're facing it'll ignore That's, your armor yeah. it'll poison you really fast it's so annoying I mean you can't I think you can tell which ones are going to do spikes and all that by looking at it but to me the best way to do that bit is just to run to the bonfire when you know what it is and it's just you shouldn't have it. to do that yeah. That's just it's just rubbish yeah. Um, yeah you can get caught in enemy attack animations when you're nowhere near them so I've actually got a clip of this and um, there was only there's only one mimic chest in the entire game. You sure? I've, as far as I've well, at least as far as I've found so far. Yeah, I've hit every chest and I've only found one that's that's a mimic that actually attacks you and bites you and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I found it. It killed me, and then I came back to it, went up behind it. So I stood behind the chest, started beating the shit out of it, and it was losing loads of health. Then it lunged forwards, so away from me. And then I was in its jaws in an animation. That's I was like, ah, shit, yeah. okay, that's great. Uh, collision detection with enemies is generally shit, so they'll hit you when they're nowhere near you. Uh, that's something that's been in these games for quite a while, and, and it just is rare in most of them, but yeah. It's not so bad in Dark Souls 3. No, and Dark Souls 1, I think, was, was decent. PvP was awful for hit detection. Mm-hmm. But Dark Souls 1, because they changed all the animations and the engine between Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2... There's more of those little things that weren't in Dark Souls 1. Yeah. It, and it's not because the designers thought, let's make things worse. It's just because they made a whole new engine for it. They changed all the animation styles as well. Yeah, no so ragdoll physics. Demon Souls, that's because they put in a spell that no one uses, which, like, 
I think it makes the dead come alive or something. And because of that one spell, they fucked up the ragdoll physics. Which if you don't <laughs> right. like, you don't like Dark Souls. Yeah, that's that's like a selling point. That's on the box. Yeah. Ragdoll physics. Uh, rolling is almost pointless. Enemies will always hit you. That's something I found a lot. I there's was trying a, to roll away from enemies of, and they There's just some kind of stat they added. Some really stupid stat that increases your invulnerability frames when you roll, I think. Why? Why? And Why, it's just though? stupid. Yeah, it's just dumb. That's just, that's not RP, that's not role playing, that's fucking game. That's like, that's like fiddling with your game settings. And that, one thing that, about that, and Dark Souls has always been, you can beat this with, when you're level one and you'll be fine. Um, like it's possible. You can do this mm-hmm. if you're that skilled. By making it so that you have to level up something so that your roles actually work. It makes it harder for that that level of skilled player to do that. Yeah, yeah. And the most annoying thing for me is that you, ninety nine percent of the time, if you swing at someone where you're near a wall, your enemy, your weapon will bounce off the wall. Yeah, over and over again that happens. It doesn't happen to enemies, but you'll swing at them and your weapon will just go dunk, and then you'll stand there like an idiot, and they'll just keep attacking you even though their weapon's going through the wall and stuff. It does happen sometimes in Dark Souls Three and in Dark Souls One, but nowhere near as like Dark Souls Three. The enemies do hit walls, and if I hit a wall and it's near them, it still takes off damage. Yeah, so it works. I'm a big believer of Dark Souls should be the enemies play by the same rules as the player. And one place, and it doesn't happen so much in Dark Souls 3, I don't remember it in Dark Souls 1, but it, there's, a, there's a certain level, and you'll know it. You go to Dark Souls 2, there's a big watery swamp, and there's spellcasters that are invisible until you get to a set distance, and then they start putting spells after you. Mm-hmm. They can lock onto me with homing spells that are fucking difficult to dodge last minute, and because the water slows you down. But I can't lock onto them with my spells. Mm. I don't see how that's fair. And it's that kind of that kind of cheap Dark Souls two level design where let's have some people that you can't lock onto with spells that are really powerful, and then we'll make other enemies that are really powerful run in and attack you at the same time. Yeah, it was like their idea of difficulty was oh, just making oh, it and up you fair. can't roll because the water is slowing you down. Yeah, and then all that, all that means is you end up luring them into this little hut, and it's like this isn't fun. Hmm. It feels like you're just breaking the game yeah. in order to proceed. Yeah, Dark Souls 3 is more, um, the difficulty is you get to a set enemy and you're like, oh fuck, this guy's going to be hard. And you have an immense fight and you use like six Estus and afterwards you feel really awesome because you beat it. Mm-hmm. That's the difference that I feel. But I know there's people that like it and, you know... I'm, I'm enjoying playing mind. it, but I mean, see, I, I've taken a break for now because I'm going to play it when I go to, um, I think I'm going to go see... Ben in a couple of weeks time yeah and we're gonna finish it off then but I was in a fucking tent right made of cloth and my weapon was bouncing off the wall oh, I know where you are exactly so yeah. for fuck's sake really this is so stupid uh, and the amount of times where just costly shitty game design moments like that have caused me to die yeah and that's the kind of thing it's just not fair it's you just know, not fun either I've got every platinum in every Souls game apart from Dark Souls 3 and, and I'm about to get it and Dark Souls 2 Scholar of Sin now that includes oh and and Demon Souls Japanese because I've got Demon Souls UK and America, so that shows that I'm willing to do a game twice if it's good enough to get the platinum. I'm not willing to buy Dark Souls Two for PS4 because I don't want to have it on my list with not a platinum. Yeah, and trust me, after playing Dark Souls Three, which you know in many ways refines Dark Souls One, it'll be so much worse for you because when I first played Dark Souls Two, 
I really quite enjoyed it because I hadn't played Dark Souls 1 for, for bloody ages. And to be honest, I couldn't really remember exactly what it was like. But going from Dark Souls 3, which is amazing, to Dark Souls 2, it's, there's just no comparison. Yeah. It does feel like it's made by a different studio. Yep. Um, something I, I'm not sure if I mentioned about Dark Souls 3 is the level design is all in one place. You can run everywhere, basically. Mm. Um, something that I a couple of episodes back I didn't know because I'd not played enough of it. Apart from that boss where you drop down a giant hole. When you're fighting it, you mean? Well, you can't get out of that area without using a thing. Oh, yeah, there's a few temples. like sort of dead ends, but that's, that's fine. Yeah. As, I mean, the fires are meant to be linked. Here's the thing, though. If you were going to make Dark Souls 2, I don't know if you've noticed all the enemies are in different locations and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Instead of wasting time on that, why didn't they finish all the things that people hated? Why didn't they fix them? Why didn't they say, you know what, let's just fix things people didn't like? Oh, but it's easier to just randomly change enemy locations. It's just easy to do that. Mm. Easy not to change the actual mechanics of the game. Is Every, that what they changed for the I mean, PS4 they, version? Yeah, and they fixed some things, like the soul memory was fucking broken, and it broke every covenant in the game. I think they fixed some elementary stuff like that. But some of the core stuff you're talking about, no, they didn't bother to change that. Yeah, it's inexcusable, and it's annoying. And I did notice the uh, enemy location changes, because I thought, hang on, I wasn't here before. Even those... The, the worst, I mean, it's a cool idea for an enemy, but I think in practicality it's really fucking stupid and it sucks, are the ghost enemies that you can't actually lock onto. You can hurt them and you can attack them, but you can't lock onto them. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking annoying. It's just because you can beat them. It's not a problem, but it's just really irritating he, when you've got a few enemies around you. It's just shit. Here's a, here's a core mechanic that they introduced for Dark Souls 2 that was just stupid. Mm. Killing enemies enough times that they don't come back. Uh, what does that I mean did they do that to stop you farming items which only means that you can actually you can actually run out of humanity which means you can not co-op at some points if you use it too much Mm -hmm. so that's fair enough they chose to do that Um, but who are they punishing people that want to farm items but then at the same time they're making it so that I mean that's not a big problem farming items is not a big problem a bigger problem would be people who cannot do a certain area so instead of having to learn the game, which is what Dark Souls is all about, learning how to beat certain enemies, instead of having to do that, they'll just kill them over and over until they can just walk up to the boss. Hmm. I, um, I just, I don't know, until, you know, so that they can get to the boss without having to use an Estus because they've killed everything on the way. Yeah. It's daft. But I think we've ranted enough about that game. There we go. That's, that's Dark Souls 2. And uh, it's great. It's really good. Good stuff. Um... Let me talk a bit about the PS Plus game that's out this month, Tropical 5. I've always wanted to buy this, and I've been put off just because, I don't know, those kind of games on console usually aren't that good. The controls usually don't carry over that well. Well, because Tropical is, and the kind of game it is, is like a top-down city-building game. It's an RTS. Yeah, because it's not the kind of game where you have to select enemy troops and tell them where to go and all that kind of stuff, it really works well on console. Really? You don't have to have precise... Um, so is there not actually sort of a, a combat element to it? It's just running your city? There is a combat element, but really it's about running your island through through different economic ages, making sure you've got a strong economy in the different ages, whether it's the colonial era, where you have to supply stuff to the crown, whether it's the World War, where you're, you're having to stay on the good side of both the Axis and the Allies, or just choose a side, or, or the Cold War, where you have the same thing, USSR and the USA. 
Um, and in the modern era, where suddenly people don't want to have as much pollution, they don't want to have as many raw materials, it's all about being green and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, You have to have a strong economy in each of those. Um, you have to keep all your citizens happy. That's the biggest thing, because you're actually, you're actually a democracy. You can choose not to be. You'll have lots of rebels if you do that. So you have to keep your people happy. So the biggest threat to your island is your people that live there. Right. Um, and then on the other side of things, you have to make sure that you're constantly um, defensible. Is that a word? You're con- const- constantly able to defend your island. So you build okay. army bases and tank bases and all this kind of stuff. And if enemies come, the platoons and tanks will automatically attack the enemy. So you don't actually tell them to attack. Right. You just make sure that they're there and they're, you know, they're willing to defend. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that you ha- it takes a long time to get your head around, different mechanics like um, a constitution and different passive unlocks you can get and different ways that you can build things. So I was finding it difficult to keep people happy and I looked at a video on YouTube and the way that he was doing it was he was making a square of buildings for people to live in. And in the middle of that hollow square, he was putting um, entertainment facilities hospitals, clinics, um, police stations nearby. And it meant that all the people living in those tenements or apartments or whatever you've got in whatever era, it made sure that those people had the needs that they require, which was right. just meant that they had the happiness. And it's much easier to do that than build things randomly when you need them. And then they're not in range of the people that live there. Mm. So that was a much easier way to, of, of doing it, which I didn't know. And then once you learn that, you just get hooked. It's just such a good game. I've got a a bit annoyed at how many how easy it is to lose sometimes because it can be an instant loss you know for example if you get invaded and you don't have enough army bases you've lost you cannot build them as you're getting invaded you've just lost mm. and it's a manual saving game you get auto saves every now and again very very irregularly irregularly so you have to save manually and that's a little bit annoying especially for the campaign where you you just have an auto save throughout the whole campaign and you can't go back and revisit a mission that you finished if you liked it. So I find myself making a manual save for each mission. I give it the the number of the mission and the title of the mission, and then I don't save over it when I get to the next mission. Okay. Um, but I, I actually play it on low difficulty. It goes like very low, low, medium, high, ultra high, I think. I play it on low because it's the kind of game I'm not in to lose. I'm playing it to... Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, get invested in the island, and feel like I'm a great leader. You know, that's that's what I play those games for. And if you, it sounds really good. Yeah, if you remember that I used to play Civilization Five, which is awesome on PC. I was addicted to that. I think I put in like two hundred hours, um, which for a PC game for me is unheard of. So this, it, it, it kind of fills the same sort of niche on PS4. It's different, obviously, because Civilization is more about invading and you can control individual troops and tell them where to go. This one's just an island, and you just have that island. But it fills the same sort of niche. It's it's an RTS game that works well. And I, I highly recommend it. I mean, it's free. There's no excuse not to play it. Yeah, this is probably the kind of, exactly the kind of game that we need on Plus. Yeah, definitely. More of this. More of this, please. And it makes sense um, for Tropical 5 because there's a lot of DLC out there. Oh, is it? And I'm thinking of getting it once I finish the, the campaign. Maybe do a bit of sandbox. That's when I'll be ready to, yeah, I'll get some more missions. And the missions are insane. This game is... I know it's about a dictatorship, but it's fun. It's a funny game, and all the dialogue's funny, and somehow they managed to have a storyline, even though it's an RTS game. 
throughout right. the campaigns. Yeah, and it, it makes sense. Any multiplayer? Yeah, there's multiplayer, and apparently they're the only hard trophies is multiplayer, but you can sort of like um, farm them, if you will. Okay, well, I, I definitely want to play it at some point. I don't know when I'm going to fit it in, but uh, it's it's on the list. Yeah. It's in the download I list. I had you so at I trophies. Will, uh, <laughs> no, I like the idea. I haven't. I used to really love RTSs, like not hardcore ones. I remember I had Age of Empires 2 yeah, on PC, like and that was the one RTS, that I yeah. loved to play just all the time. Um, so I, I do have an interest in the genre, and I like... I think I like the art style from the previous games I've seen. It's oh, quite yeah. colourful, it isn't it? It looks really nice. And it does a good job of sort of like what Fallout 4 did well, where you're building yeah. stuff and it just looks nice. Cool. Even if you're not trying. In Tropical, you'll build your cities and as you sort of advance, you can upgrade them. And so your tenements will turn into apartment blocks and everything fits the era. So you can go, you can have a farming um, sort of island and you can try and have a very small. Um, economy and not let many people into your city and that's fine you can play the game that way or you could have massive apartments and tenements and when you get to the uh, the, the Cold War era they sort of turn into horrible 70s tenements <laughs> Block yeah. and then you can turn it into like a, a beach holiday resort and you can build these scummy hotel things and it'll all look like the shit barts of Tenerife um, nice. or you nice. can have it the opposite and build really nice tourist places in the woods and only ever build stuff that looks nice. And I like the freedom. You can have different ways of doing the same mission. Sounds good. Um, just to highlight really quickly how funny the game is, there's a whole mission that was DLC on PC but came free on the PS Plus version. And it's about making cheese. And you have to have oh. an empire that makes cheese and exports cheese. <laughs> um, so just really crazy stuff like that. I'm really looking forward to the DLC and playing more of it. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, I, yeah, I also look forward to playing. Uh, before we move on to PSR q and I've got one more thing as well. Just for oh, finish. okay, okay. Do you want to go first? No, no, no. I was going to say we need to talk about Larry, but go okay. on. Well, just very quickly, Rainbow Six Siege DLC is out. Um, it basically means that you'll be playing against people who have the new operators because you have to have the season pass uh, this week before you can play them. Um, when they do come out, you can actually just spend the XP you usually get on them. So that's probably what I'll be doing. One of them has a big shield over his face. The other one throws cameras up, which the defenders can all use, which is really useful. So they're quite good. The guy with the shield's a bit overpowered because he doesn't actually have anything that limits his ability. So when he puts this big, heavy glass shield on the end of his gun, he's actually more accurate. People on, on YouTube have been showing that his sort of recall pattern is much more clustered when the shield is on, I think it should be the opposite, or he should get tired when the shield's on. Maybe um, the longer he he has the shield on, the more tired he gets, the less accurate he gets. That would be a nice sort of uh, way of making him more balanced. There's a new map, which is set in the Middle East, some kind of um, sort of border control, and it's possibly my favourite map yet. It reminds me so much of Call of Duty 4, those really nice Middle Eastern maps, but with a very destructible environment it's probably the best map yet so the dlc is really good and um, they've patched a lot of other stuff to make them other operators more balanced um, but i'm not going to get too much into that because a lot of people don't play it but yeah really good dlc cool let's talk larry yeah and 100 platinum slimy cheating little shit so this section limps on despite the fact that the platinum has been obtained last time i suggested that maybe we put it up to the listeners to decide what happens to the disc yeah. next. And I decided now, that we should maybe frame it and ask people to email in in support of me. 
Yes, you suggested we frame the manual and the disc sort of in a a, a golden record kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we did get lots of suggestions. I just want to read through them, Simon, mm-hmm. just so we can have a look. Steve May says, give it to charity. Why? I think you, what What has charity done to you that you feel like you should give them leisure suit, Larry? Jesus. Well, I think you replied to him and said that I am a charity, so thank yeah. you. But but that. you know I was I was stuck between what what to what to reply with should I reply with why <laughs> no. what what has charity ever done to you um, they don't deserve that poor charity you don't want to be the guy that goes into a charity shop buys a game and then finds out he's you know it's the worst game ever made it is the worst game ever made uh, Neil David Mackey says put it on a chain and wear it to social events as a starter point for conversations all this this is just my one hundredth platinum a lesser known game called Leisure Suit Larry and it was damn difficult hey where are you going see I loved that <laughs> I loved that idea it made me laugh but you would never do it so we can't we can't go with that well I don't meet people do I I don't go anywhere yeah I'm a hermit so that's not going to happen although it would be awesome if we could get you to wear a hidden camera and just let you, let you wear it to work one day <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Uh, Luke <laughs> McGlinchey says, I like the frame idea, but I don't want it to be no cheapo home bargains frame. I want the real deal with room for a note explaining why it is framed. You see, that's what I want to do. I want you to send me up and I want to just put some hours into it and make it just awesome. Make it like Will you frame. actually do it though? Will you actually send it back? Oh yeah, I'll definitely send it back. You sure? Yeah, well, I want, I want it to be done. You're not going to play it yourself. Yeah. I, want to have, like, I wanted to have like a little plate on it that says 100th Platinum, Leisure Suit Larry, and like the date. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, sounds good. I'll send them up then. Uh, Kurt Woods, I like the frame it idea. Um, it was what I was shouting at the radio as Simon was suggesting it. Oh, cool. Well, why don't you f- why don't you film a Benny Hill style chase where every time you try to break the disc, it flies off somewhere? <laughs> well, that's what I want to do is when we've got it framed, I want you to make a video of seeing the frame, maybe unwrapping it if I send it to you, if that's the way we yeah. do it. And I want to put this, I want to make the whole trophy fiasco a YouTube video that people can go and, and watch. Okay. Well, we have some, we have some extra plans as well. Do we? And uh, this is actually video imposter Ben who wades in next and says, I've got a big chunk of sodium just sitting in my bedside table. Care to place the two in a bucket of water? So he's suggesting we explode the disc. Now, we've got a plan for the disc and the manual, but we don't have a plan for the box yet. Okay. So maybe we explode the box? Yeah. Should we explode the box? I think we should film me exploding the box, maybe. So we can do that. We can explode the box. Matt Freeman, cover it in amber to preserve it for thousands of years so scientists <laughs> could one day bring it back to life. <laughs> That's a good idea. But we won't do it because where the fuck do you get amber? What even is amber? Apart from a traffic uh, light. <laughs> shit comes out of trees, right? I thought it came out of traffic lights. Well, it's kind of sap, isn't it? I don't know. It's like fossilized sap. Or I, I, all I know is it's in Jurassic Park, and that is it. What, That's my Do you want me to just break into traffic lights and just put it in the amber? And then the police, what were you doing, sir? I was looking for amber. You'd be in a mental cell. I was preserving cell. it for future people. <laughs> Luke Simmons, frame it so everyone knows you're a filthy bastard. Nick Trot, put it in the microwave. Chris Bolch, use it for cocaine. It's what Al Lowe would have wanted. Al Lowe is the weird man who came up with Leisure Suit Larry. Well, you know what? If you did use cocaine, that would be the perfect place to cut it, wouldn't it? On the desk of Leisure Suit Larry. (laughs) Uh, Seb Nastarovich, fry it and eat it. Uh, No. I don't want it to kill me. It nearly killed me metaphorically. I don't want it to literally kill me. Yeah, that would would not be good. Snoochie Boochies, (laughs) which is a real name. How about a clay pigeon shoot? I don't have a shotgun. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be a good way to film it, but I don't even think that... I don't even think you'd go to a place that would let you do it. I do know 
I seem to remember I, I had a friend because I grew up in the countryside. I had a friend and we once just took a shotgun to a field. That's all I remember. So <laughs> I used, I'm feeling maybe we could I remember do when that. I was a kid, we, we used to go down to a farm and we had an air rifle and yeah. we'd run about pretending it's world, it was it was sort of like pretending it's World War Two, okay? And putting eggs on walls and stuff because they had hens. Right. And then like shooting the eggs and you get covered in the, the egg stuff and that was the blood. It was it was probably weird. What a weird thing to do. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> uh, and finally, Paul Wilson, smoke it in a crack pipe. So lots of drug suggestions. I'm not going to imbibe or ingest the medium in any way. I'm not willing to do that. One of my One of my points was that I didn't want to come to any kind of harm and I wasn't going to fuck the disc. Only one person just suggested I fuck the disc anyway, so it's fine. So we're framing it then? We're framing the disc in the manual and we're blowing up the box. Awesome. We'll get that done. Let's move on to PSR q Do you want to be involved with the show in some way? Send us an email to fishandchips at playstationradio.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK or go to our Facebook page where we regularly ask for your feedback. It really is that easy. And leave us an iTunes review, you bastards! PSR Q and the questions of it are you. Flessers. Yes. Uh, now, do you remember, Simon, at the beginning of last week's show when I told Martin Freeman to take a break? Because yes. Because he sent in loads of questions. Do you want to know what he did? Is this like the longest essay of an email ever? No, he, sent, this... in like, he sent in like 15 questions. Are you going to read them all or just half of them? I don't know, really. I think we should just get them out of the way because they're just going to pile up, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. Oh, by the way, we're calling this the Martin Freeman Memorial PSR Q&A section this week. Okay. Rest in peace. Hi, guys. <laughs> What's your greatest fear? Mine is being in the ocean without be without seeing the seabed. Oh, I hate that. Oh, that's pretty scary. And, and it's so stupid. You know, you can be in a lovely, lovely beach resort and there's nothing there. You know, maybe you're in, I don't know, Ibiza or something and you're just on a beach and it's really nice and sandy. But the minute you can't see anything, holy fuck, it's terrifying. See, I don't have that problem with the sea. Um, something that, that scares me sometimes is when, I, when I'm in a body of water and I try to put my feet on the floor and I'm I'm much deeper, deeper than, than I thought think. and I'm like yeah. oh shit there's no floor there uh, one that's thing that's really scary of a pool. You <laughs> yes it is <laughs> in the bath uh, <laughs> sometimes you'd say not to happen too much in the UK because what the fuck are you doing swimming outside in the UK but I've if you go that. to up near um, up near Dundee it was awesome why there's, there's some of the some of the nicest beaches in the world are in Scotland and it's only because the people that judge beaches don't judge it by weather. Thank fuck for that. Eh? So they judge it by the way they look, and some of them are in Scotland. And when it is hot, they they get busy. All the locals. Yeah. All right, take your word for it. Yeah, I wasn't so much talking about the sea though. Oh. I'm talking about large bodies of water, oh, like rivers that are and contained, lakes, and, yeah. like lakes, shit like that. Um, you tend to find it a lot abroad. I because I was in the Scouts, because of course I was. Uh, we once went to Switzerland, right on like a scout trip kind of thing. And we went to this amazing, naturally occurring lake thing. I don't know why I called it naturally occurring, because mm. of course it fucking was. Um, it was right next to sort of a, a waterfall kind of thing. Really, really pretty. Very cold. But it it was just, the water was very see-through. And it Crystal. was just completely yeah. pitch black in the middle. 
and you could swim out to the middle and think oh i don't feel safe i don't know what it is about this but this i do not feel safe here at all i'm just waiting for something to come up and get me i mean that that must be an evolutionary thing everyone hates it yeah it's not it's not right is it you don't feel right you feel really exposed and uh it's it's not one of my worst fears but I don't like but it. But no, like, yeah. I I think that it's really funny because you can be diving in the same... I, I've been to the same place, right? And there's fish. And when they touch my leg, I hate it and I freak out. But when I'm diving, I've done diving, like scuba diving, I don't care. I'll put my hand up and touch them and, and you know, they'll come over to you. It's because you can it's see them. not seeing, yeah. It's because you're I, the master of your surroundings. I was in Turkey once and it was this little kind of like national park nature place. And there was um, this nice sort of body of water like a little lake a really mini sort of pond and a big rock where you could dive in and when I got in it was really nice and I I wasn't freaking out I couldn't see the bottom everything was fine but what I didn't know was the fish that were naturally there are the ones that you see in in shopping centres for some reason in the UK like people put their feet in the tubs and eats the feet oh shit okay Um, and I I think that's the fucking weirdest thing in the world they don't eat your feet they like nibble the dead skin off yeah and it but you know when so that's what was happening and I didn't realise that it was there, um, that it was those fish. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, you could go and stand in, in the beach part of it and they'd all swim over. That's how like Fuck, aggressive they were about it. So I, I freaked out because all I felt was the, all these things all over, my, all over my feet. And so I thought, what's the best way to get out of this situation? Stop. And it was like, well, no, because I was swimming, I was deep. I, I dived into the middle of it. I had to swim like a cartoon character would swim, like splashing as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Like that man doesn't know how to swim at all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, people probably thought I was fucking crazy. Just fucking Um, windmilling your way across. Next question. I've recently discovered the slow cooker and I use it every weekend. After picking the best one out of three, I had... Uh, threw the other two away I find it really useful as I only have to is this a question or is this just like you said this is like this, we're just yeah we are just now here's it dear PlayStation Radio you <laughs> today I went on a lovely walk and I saw a bird thanks um, Martin I find it really useful as I only have to cook for myself twice a week these were previously unwanted slash used gifts from family have you any items like this that you have used and thought I wish I had used it sooner I have, this is a very boring answer to, to be honest, Martin, a pretty boring question. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I have a steamer. It's great for cooking vegetables, Simon. Great. Great for taking wish, off wallpaper as well. Wish is I there any evidence that? of... No, not that kind of fucking steamer. <laughs> <laughs> Putting broccoli on a fucking You're a fucking steamer, Ben. Shut is up. There, is there any evidence of sitting too close to the screen fucks your eyes up? If so, does this mean that the start of mole people when VR comes out and people play too much? That's a good point. You Possibly. Um, there's... There's definitely evidence for that because in like a, a period of a year when I was, I think in my first year of university, I sat really close to my TV and my eyesight has never been very good since then. I get bloodshot eyes if I stay up late playing games too much. Hmm. It's not good for you, but fuck it. We use screens, don't we? So mm-hmm. You yes, can take probably. the rest of his questions, Benny. Uh, okay. This is a late comment, but after hearing headbutting an Easter egg is the only way I tried... You never say don't try this at home. Okay. I had a spare lint Easter egg. I landed up on the floor. <laughs> Wait, that, that sentence this... is possibly the best sentence ever. I'm really I landed up to... on the floor. <laughs> this doesn't make... Okay. I, okay. He landed up on the floor. Lint eggs seem to be harder than Cadbury's. What the fuck did he do? Is it? I reckon he's got like a little tiny lint ball. You know, those ones that are like not hollow. They're full of chocolate. <laughs> and he's just headbutting it into a desk. Yeah. I put it on this anvil 
and I headbutted it as hard as I could, and it knocked me out. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I landed up on the floor. <laughs> I, land, I landed up on the floor. I love that. I love that, Martin. If Haggis is sheep stomach, who has been eating the rest of the sheep in order... Oh, hang on. Okay. There's not a lot of punctuation here, Martin. I think he was drunk at this one. If I think he must have been. If Haggis is sheep stomach, who has been eating the rest of the sheep in order to get people to give that a go? Well, don't forget that... Um, and also, most Haggis isn't actually anymore. The sheep stomach is, is purely the lining. You know, the mm. thing that the Haggis is wrapped up in is traditionally a sheep stomach tied together. Right. And inside is stuffed, like, the minced up um, sort of, like, organs and heart and everything of... of Usually sheep, but Delicious. other times deer. It's really mm. fucking awesome. Yeah, you had really it. Nice. You liked it. Oh, um, yeah. But tradi- um, right, right now, a modern hag is like I don't know something else that they use. But yeah, don't forget that when you buy lamb, it's not a lamb. Like if you were to see that in a field, you wouldn't think that's a lamb. I mean, look at the size of a leg of lamb. That's not a lamb. It's like the size a size of a lamb. It's like almost a full-grown sheep. Mm. Um, so that's probably the stomach that they would use. Um, he continues, was it because there was no more left to eat or did your people purposely decide to leave it? Well, I mean, I think it's probably come about from, we're using all these other parts. We've got the lamb and uh, the leg in a stew. We've got the organs and the haggis. We've left with the stomach. What do we use that for? Your Let's people. Just stuff it with it. Your people, Simon. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit um, xenophobic, isn't it? Your people. <laughs> Some schools are banning slang like totes and shit like that. Do you think this will work? Because I'm sure there are people that sound 100% like Willy and it technically is English. Yeah, but the thing is, totes isn't slang. It's fucking retarded. Yeah. And it's little snobby brats that use it. So, and it's yeah, Americanisms it and they get that from TV shows and the internet, so it's not going to go away. If anything, it protects real British slang. But I don't actually know they have that law and I don't have enough of an opinion on it because there's lots of stupid laws about schools in England, like not letting people take holidays out of school. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Get rid of times, England. Your Would people. One... <laughs> <laughs> Your fucking people. <laughs> Would want a remake of Robot Wars after the PS2 release and if you could pick any game developer, who would it be? Was that a game, Robot Wars? Yeah, there was a Robot Wars PS2 game. I never game. played it. I played a little bit of it, not really. No, I'm not too fussed. I like Robot Wars <laughs> like, TV no, show, but no, that was no, horrible. Not really. It was it was like just one of those licensed PS2 games. Yeah, it's like a like a like a straight to video, but of games, isn't it? Yeah, kinda. It was it was all right. If I had someone make it, I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, nice question. Yeah, <laughs> just move on. I used VR 17 years ago. Maybe more when Sega set up a booth in a shopping centre. Okay. It was amazing stuff, and of course huge and cumbersome. I see VR now as its take for myself personally. 17 years for this. What? Martin, I, please I guess proofread. He's, he's, I guess he means that like it hasn't moved on much. It's just got smaller, yeah, you know? Yeah, okay, so 17 years, and this is what we've got? Yeah. Am I raising the bar too high, or is two decades far too long from companies to get their arse into gear? Please bear in mind, this was not an ex- uh, expo of any type, so there must have been many years of development before that could take it out in public. Yeah, yeah, right. I guess there would have been. I mean, yeah, they wouldn't just take out some prototype, would they? Well, we didn't want VR, did we? As in, VR's been in development for a while, but they haven't been solidly working on it for 17 years. It's very much been sort of, okay, well, VR didn't work in the 90s, let's leave it. 
Yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? It's just it happened with three D as well. Now. I mean, three D was about was was around in the eighties and the nineties as well. The little red and the and the blue glasses you used to put on. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's oh, everyone wants three D TVs, don't they? Don't they? Don't they? Yeah, why don't you get a worse HD TV that does three D and pay four times as much? And it's just stupid. It's just because um, technology companies need to make something. I'm not saying VR is that. I'm just saying that's what a lot of it is. Yeah, we've spoken about VR at length. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a lot bigger than than it was in the 80s and the 90s, but there we go. Uh, He says, It was an RPG-looking game where I was walking through a castle killing spiders who jumped towards me face. Sounds delightful. Yeah. Sounds better than the kitchen. (laughs) Have you played Hotline Miami 2? Got the platinum in the first one. Weirdly addictive, great soundtrack. A suggestion if you're looking for a good... Oh, God, he... Sorry, no, another question. Just just keeps rolling. Just keeps rolling. <laughs> yeah, I've played Hotline Miami 1, I think it was, yeah, which was same. awesome. I don't think I finished it. Really good game, really addictive. Um, one of those really quick, each time you try it, it's really quick. So if you don't succeed, you go back to the start of that sort of like map that you have to clear out. And it's so quick to try again that you end up just trying and trying and trying. And, and the soundtrack's amazing, so you feel awesome. It's one of the few stereo, almost stereotypical indie games where it looks like an indie game and it sounds like an indie game and it plays like an indie game, but I just loved it. And and I, I played through the whole of the first one, but I haven't touched the second one. It's because, you know how I've got this opinion that game designers are fucking wank? It's okay. because most game designers who make indie games don't understand that people like that game and other games that look like that because of the game, not the way it looks. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, a suggestion if you're looking for a good TV series to watch is Banshee. It's about an ex-con who takes a sheriff's identity after he is killed. It's the sheriff's first day, so, so no one knows who he is. Set present date, different concept, highly recommended. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I feel like I'm reading his diary. Thanks, Martin. Martin Freeman. Next question comes from Nicholas. Greetings, Simon and Ben. It's me again, Nicholas from sunny Singapore. Hey, Nicholas. Thanks for answering my previous email, and it was a pleasant surprise to receive a friend request from Simon on PSN. (gasps) Congrats to Ben on finally getting his 100th Platinum regarding the game disc. I like the idea of framing it up. In addition to that, maybe Ben can take selfies of him making funny poses with the disc for each new Platinum trophy he gets from now on and post them online. That's a good idea. I'm just going to be doing filthy things to the disc. That's a good idea. Sexual things yeah. to the disc. Hypothetical question to Ben: If in revenge you get to choose Simon's next platinum, which game would you choose? MGS Five, Cheers, and May the Souls be with you. Thanks, Nichols. I have made it very clear from the start that this was my idea. I I do not portion any blame on Simon for what I had to play <laughs> because I came up with the idea. So it well, would be unfair. The thing is, it was also, it was like finding a kid smoking and making him smoke the whole pack so that he never smokes again. Yeah, well, so it, it was a punishment that was, it made no difference. the punishment fit the crime. Making me get a platinum trophy would just be a bit weird. And if I was to force you to get a platinum trophy just because, fuck you, it would uh, be Dark Souls 2 on PS4. I mean, you know what? That would be a pain in the arse, but at least it would be one that I'm proud of having on my list. And that would be sort of like a punishment yeah. by a punishment that fits the crime because it's like, oh, you like getting Dark Souls Platinum so much, get the second one again. <laughs> yeah, play the worst one that's still quite good, you dick. <laughs> Next up, Simon, it's Martin Freeman. Oh, for fuck's sake, he's back. <laughs> Kill him. What's your greatest Shoot fear? Have you tried to overcome it? You've already asked this, Martin. 
he must be scared of something and he really needs help. Go to a psychologist. <laughs> yeah, each time he just drops subtle hits about, I don't like taking baths. <laughs> Mine, get help. Uh, what's your favourite fear? Ever tried to overcome it? Just leave it, all right? We've done that. Most frightening <laughs> game you've played. Do you think alcohol would help or make it worse? Um, I think PT. Oh, PT and The Last of Us, the suspense of The Last of Us and the, the dreading of, of going around corners and stuff. That's why The Last of Us is one of those games that should be played in, in hard, difficulty setting. Hmm. Um, I don't know, I haven't played too many scary games. Yeah, you don't like scary games. So. Yeah, so thankfully. I have some games that have scarred me and I know now that I don't like scary games. I like the fact that first person, and there's a few of them on PSN now, on PS4, first person exploration horror games are becoming like a thing. It's like mm. it's like the next modern shooter. Everyone's fucking making them. Even indie studios are just making them. And Have I you seen the footage for... Um, oh, what's it called? Remember the one that was on Plus on PS4 right at the launch of Outlast? PS4? Yeah, Outlast, Outlast 2. I've not watched it because I know I'm going to get it, so I don't want to yeah, spoil it. Oh, it doesn't look nice. There's another one that's out just now. It came out like last week or something, and it's set in, a, in, a, in an old abandoned um, theme park. And all the reviews for them are just, oh, it doesn't really do anything new, but it's good. And I like that. It's the equivalent of watching a shit horror film on TV. You know it's going to be shit, but you're going to get some spoops. And all I, the spoops, man. I like that that sort of genre is coming to games. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that. What is an acceptable amount of times to say, no, I'll pay, after being told, it's okay, I'll pay by someone else? My limit is zero. If someone else offers to pay, I always let them. Yeah, it's because you're a tight arse. Um, I'd say two. You never want to be Maybe in that... that's his greatest fear, you paying, ne- for, paying for food. You never want to be in that loop where it's like, no, you hang up, no, you hang up. No, you hang up, hang up. <laughs> I feel like you have to... Right, let's, let's try it now, Simon, and I'll, I'll show, show you what I do, okay? Say to me, I'll pay. I'll pay. No, sorry, right, I've got it. You sure? No, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would get you. <laughs> um, no, come on, we'll at least split it. Are you sure? Yeah. And then we'll take it from there. I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go uh, to me, to you, to me, and then are you sure? And then we'll, we'll see what happens. The thing is, though, and usually... If they continue to insist, then that's fine. You, you can pay. I usually will only pay for someone if there's a reason for it. Because, I mean, yeah, if you're on a date with someone, you'd obviously you'd pay for their meal. If um, if you're out with your friend or your brother or something like that, you'd, you'd, you'd split it. Not your brother, because yeah. your brother's young, if, but... If they say, I'll get the next one, or... Yeah, you get that's the, next the thing, one, like, when I'm sense. out with my brother, we're maybe out doing something else at the cinema next, I'll be like, you get the cinema, I'll get the meal. Yeah. Um, so it's not a problem I usually run into that much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Have you ever embarrassed yourself in front of your girlfriend's family? Uh, nope, because I'm awesome. Thankfully not, and yeah, amazing people. Do you think Zoni has run away with being... And also, there must be a story behind that, so instead of just giving us tons of questions... Email us in with a really embarrassing moment from your life. That would be much better to read. Yeah, this is his greatest fear. I'm trying to work out what his greatest fear is now. I think he's just a scared person. Do you <laughs> do you think Sony has run away with being a gaming leader with VR and potentially PS4.5? Keep up the usual insightful work. Um, yeah, I think that PS4 has been a huge success. Definitely winning, if you can win, a console cycle. Um, PS4.5 I think is going to do really well and they're a step ahead of the curve. Um, I know some people hate it. to lose. But- their lead to lose yeah uh, and vr they're the only people doing it and they're doing it well i mean there's, there's pc mm-hmm. versions but in terms of their competitors nintendo and um what's the other one called xbox jesus mind blank um they're, they're not doing it so yeah they're gonna win that 
I think that if Nintendo was going to come back this console cycle, they needed to have done VR the best. And they're not. Yeah. So, P.S. Jamie Jenkins is a robot from Borderlands 2. You need to spend hours upon hours opening boxes, hoping the little shit jumps out. Worst trophy ever. Took me six hours to find them. I never felt any satisfaction from this. Martin Freeman. I got that trophy. Yeah. What? So what is it? He's just inside a box and you have to find him. Yeah, he's, he's one of those weird, obscure trophies. He is, yeah, he's a little robot that hides in boxes you can open throughout the world, mm. I think. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit stupid. Um, next up, Luke. Seriously, what the fuck, PlayStation? They give us a sh- fucking shitty little piece of shit mobile racing game port with PS2 graphics. Sure, I'm enjoying Tropico 5, but that's just because it's my kind of game. What are we paying for? We have to pay for online, which was free last generation, and we also get garbage indie games. Is it worth 40 quid a year? Hell no. I know everyone now... Hang on. I fucked that up. Yeah, I know every now and then we get a... Yeah, that's how it goes. Thank you, Simon. I know every now and then we get a Rocket League, but games like those are few and far between. Why not give us some near-launch titles that they're selling in-store for, like, £20? Anywho, thanks for listening. I'm very pissed off, not drunk. Um, yeah, no, he's right. He is right. Um, I think this month is a bad example because Tropical 5 is a full game, uh, a full disc release game, and it's really good. And mm-hmm. so this is one of the few months where we've actually had a decent game. Um the other one, I don't really, I've not played it, I don't know anything about it. But he's right, these PS Plus monthly releases are shit. And people that'll come out and be like, oh, but it's free, how can you complain about it getting free? It's not fucking free, I'm paying money for this. And I'm paying money for um, an online service that hasn't gotten any better, hasn't added any any new features apart from fucking SharePlay and stuff that doesn't work for me. So why do I have to pay for that and put up with getting shit games? Yeah, they're, they're doing too much, that's the problem. Cut out Vita... Limit yeah. PS3, look, one PS4 game, but make it good. Look, you're not fucking making any Vita games because you've given up on it. Stop giving us free games. Even the people that like Vita are not playing them. So get rid of Vita. Get rid of PS3, PS Plus games. And just give us the yeah. PS4 games. Give us PS4 games that are good and then just give us some more discounts across the board. And I think the perfect time to do this would be if 4.5 comes out this year, they should say, look... Quite a way, quite a bit into the PS4's life cycle, PS Plus is moving to 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 move in line with that, and you're only getting PS4 games. If you if you don't have a PS4 yet, fucking get one. You've got no excuse. There we go. Simon has spoken. Also, on a quick note, your show seems Oscar worthy compared to what they're talking about on Radio Scotland. Not to say it wasn't close to Oscar worthy before. They had a segment on why Elsa from Frozen should have a girlfriend. Is that the fucking news? Does anyone really care about a children's fictional character's love life? The answer should be no, but apparently not. Love the show. Luke, username <laughs> Flux Ambassador 42. Luke is in a very good mood this week. I like I like um I like BBC Scotland, uh, BBC Radio Scotland. Um okay. I'm not sure when they were discussing that, but it's they don't just talk about news. I think it's stupid to try and shoehorn stuff in though. Shoehorn things into a um a serious broadcast. Uh, no, into a shoehorn in different sort of what am I trying to say characters Words? like like um, homosexual people and, and different races and don't shoehorn them into things that doesn't make sense if, if, if the story makes sense for it to be a certain person then go for it well we have we have no context do we maybe Luke turned it on and they just said Elsa should have a girlfriend he was like well fuck that and turned it on I actually thought that um, I'll give him some more credit in that I actually thought that Frozen <laughs> I found it offensive how 
<laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. No, seriously, I, I can't remember what it was, but I was watching it and I was like, oh, Jesus, um, her whole her whole character arc is driven by the fact that she wants to go out with some boy. And it's not the fact that she should be a lesbian, it's the fact that they should actually just make her a woman that doesn't need some guy to pander towards. That was the thing well, that I, annoyed me about it. I would agree with you, Simon, but I haven't seen it because I'm not 12. Oh, well, you know, that's my opinion of it, and everyone fucking loves it, and then if they want to try and turn her into a lesbian, why don't they fix the glaring problem in the first place? You say place? everyone, Simon. I think it's oh. mainly children. What do you mean, it? Everyone. But well, no, everyone likes everyone... it. People love that. It's like a it's like a a cult hit. Children love that. I mean, and it's not a cult hit. It's a fucking phenomenon. I would say. Oh yeah, it's not a cult hit. Yeah, and, but most people, most people my age who are women, have seen Frozen. <laughs> a woman have seen Frozen. Look at a woman. It's yes, not. It's, it's not. Elsa. It's not a guy's Disney film. Yeah. But it's not a fucking children's film, Ben. It's a family film, and everyone watches Disney films. Okay. Well, I don't know anyone my age who's seen it. Hi guys, this is Martin Freeman again. Jesus Christ. I'm doing the elections tomorrow. It's 15 hours of pure boredom, but easy money. Have you ever done anything as boring? Doesn't have to be for money. Uh, I was working at the elections as well, so I guess that's similar. I think maybe Martin was running, doing the polls. Oh, counting. The, 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 The polling station, the voting. I'm surprised they trust someone like Martin to do that. Loose lips, sink ships. <laughs> uh, no, really. I'm sure something it's, it doesn't come to mind because uh, it was so boring, probably. There's too many Next questions up. this week. Let's go through them. Next Can up. Can we cut out one of them? One of the big ones? Next up. No, well, let's do it. I'm not doing these Martin Freeman's. <laughs> it's Martin Freeman's. Seriously, I'm not doing them. I'm not doing them. There's too many. The show's He's running too long. 15 more questions. We're not, well, those Simon. ones can save till next week. We're not doing them. Okay, let's not let's let's skip that Martin Freeman question. Yeah, it's fucking massive. Sorry, Martin. He's even got a sad smiley face in that at the end of that email as well. Like he fucking knew you would cut him out. He was that, no, he did that on purpose to see what our limit was. Well, you've fucking reached my limit. I'm half those I'm questions were ones that we cut out of last week's show. <laughs> <laughs> he just he doesn't stop. <laughs> Hello, Ben and Simon. Thanks again for the lovely podcast shout out. This is from Andrea, by the way. I stumbled across your podcast when I was looking for some lady gamer podcasters, and iTunes suggested you. Ha ha. I kid. Although I was looking for women podcasters talking about gaming, but alas, I could not find any. There we go. There's a niche. Lady gamers, go start your podcast, Andrea. Get your podcast on. Yeah. I decided, though, that the iTunes podcast app is pretty rubbish in all kinds of ways. So I downloaded... Overcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> the, they have... Pre- oh, it's an app. They pre-selected groups... Uh, they pre-select groups of podcasts available for browsing, much like Spotify, with music selections. Mm. And you lot popped up under the Games and Hobbies awesome. section. The pretty flag picture caught my eye. Stop clicking about this fucking page, Simon. Sorry. <laughs> because it's putting shit in my way. Oh, we use Google Docs, and I just click about every now and again, because I get it's bored. It's fucking annoying. Um, and you lot popped up under the Games and Hobbies section. The pretty flag picture caught my eye. And the rest, as they say, is history. So there you go. One very boring story. I do enjoy your podcast, though, even if you are stinky boys, Andrea. <laughs> Thanks, awesome. Andrea. Cheers. Next one. This is my favourite email of the... Oh, and it's Martin Freeman, so he's, he's won me back over. <laughs> <laughs> he's got you. Uh, this is my, my favourite email of the show. Yeah. Hi, guys. This is not a question. Thank God. Just something. <laughs> just a statement. Just something I came uh, across. There will be more questions. Something I came across while shopping and thought I would share. No, the topic is done now, but just in, just in case it ever goes again, you'll have this as a reference. Um, and, and it says, hashtag Team Simon, hashtag Ben is an animal. 
Um, and it's a picture of an Andrex, which is a, a toilet paper company, probably the biggest in the UK. And it's got a step-by-step wiping guide. Mm. And so it says, one, use three to four sheets per wipe. I actually only use two per wipe. I, I use two sheets and fold along the dotted line. You really enjoy taking a shit, don't you? Yeah. I've got like a little kind of like um, method. Number two, wipe from front to back until clean. Mm. Um, and that's as far as I'm going to go. That's the that's step two out of five. Now, I, I have a couple of problems with this. Okay. Because I feel like in one JPEG, Martin Freeman has undone the hard work of generations worth of debate so you felt like you were accepted even though you were wrong we came to a compromise what was the compromise though i never accepted that you were great i think it's fucking weird no (laughs) that certain people wipe in different ways that was what we that was the understanding we came to immediately when we first started this whole fucking thing right the first thing we did was we ran a poll on facebook and it came back Pretty much 50-50. I was dumbfounded. I could not believe it. Wiping back to front and front to back. You say it's normal, but there are a lot of people who don't wipe the same way as you. Yeah, but I just don't get wiping towards your genitals. There's a chance that you'll get your shit on them. Well, you're not going to understand it then, are you? Because I gave it a quick Google. When I saw this, I Googled wiping back to front. And the first thing that popped up was someone on Reddit saying, I'm a 22-year-old girl. I have wiped back to front my entire life and I've only just realised that people wipe the other way. I think that's genuinely the case for most people. People don't think about it. And it got me thinking, Simon, Mm -hmm. because I've always wiped back to front. And I thought, is it to do with your parents, maybe? So should I call my parents and ask them? Only if you record it for the show. I meant now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be amazing. Make sure it's loudspeaker. Get them both on the phone. Probably speak to my mum. Get her to get your dad over as well. (laughs) Family meeting. I can't believe you're doing this. Hello, it's Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, can I speak to Mrs. Potter, please? No. Why not? She's gone to a party. She's a much better life than I do. Oh, okay. Can I speak to Mr. Potter? No, he's gone to a party. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, maybe, is it about tomorrow? No, it's not, actually. Ask your sister. Oh, I, say, I can help you there. Uh, okay, Rosie, I have a question for you. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, it's going to sound a bit weird, and I'm actually asking because on the podcast I do, We've been having a debate for ages about which direction you should wipe when you're on the toilet. Sure. And it turns out that the way I wipe is in a stark contrast to the way that my co-host wipes. And I was wondering if it sort of runs in the family, if you know what I mean. Like if if our parents (laughs) taught us which way we wipe. Okay, so I wipe back to front. Right? Yeah. Which way do you wipe? Front to... Front to back. back. Front to back? Yeah. Damn. She's normal. <laughs> Why are you wiping like such a weirdo, Ben? Sorry? Why are you wiping like such a weirdo? Why are you, you got to say that? <laughs> Shall I ask Simon? 
Yeah, please. Do this boy thing. Yeah, go on. Simon, which way do you wipe your bottom? Front to back or back to front? Yeah, but which way do you wipe your bottom? Simon writes front to back, too. He wipes fr- front to back? Front to back. Right, OK. You need to get the parents to call me when they get back. Sure. Is urgent. Uh, they're, they're driving there now. You should probably uh, get them on their phone. Yeah, it's really urgent. I'm sure it is urgent because I mean they'll be out until quite late because it's something that is one is Marty's fiftieth. So okay, all right. Well, I'll I'll reach out. I'll let you know what I find out. Yeah, sure. Thank uh, you, Rosie. Thank you, Rosie. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you got just, you got owned by your own family. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna have a home to go back to. Am I? That was incredible. That was okay, uh, I'm gonna, a highlight of the podcast for me right there. I'm, I'm not going to call my parents, but I will, and I'm going to dictate the text I'm going to send, okay? It's going to be blunt, and it's not going to make a lot of sense. Okay. Okay, I'm just texting it now. Here we go. Hello, comma, weird question, comma, but which way do you wipe when you are on the toilet, question mark? I think I might be adopted, full stop. Okay, that's sent. I've texted my mum. I think you might have to say front to back or back to front or she won't have a clue what you mean. Okay. Let me just let me just clarify. It's important. Also, you, you, you you're used to many commas. <laughs> no. It's fine. Right. Clarification sent. Cool. Read the next email. Next one is from the wipe respondent, as he's called. I think it should be called the wipe porter. Like reporter. The wipe porter is a good one. Yeah, yeah so we'll call, I'm going to edit that. The, the okay. wipe porter. Because he's like, he's like our... Reporter for wiping. Good evening. Why did you even bother editing that? He's not going to see. I know. Good evening, listeners. You might remember me from such impositions as Until Dawn, Amy, a sizable but un- ultimately broken chunk of Resident Evil, and more besides. Tis I, video imposter Ben. I have branched out to impose upon your audio business to reignite and possibly settle an old argument. How dost thou wipe thine turd caked anus post defecation? That might be the best sentence I've ever read out in my life. <laughs> After Andrex have inconsiderately p- printed a front-to-back directive on the rather wankily named Washlets, which personally I'd rather have named Ring Refreshers, <laughs> I have made it my mission to go into the world and ask family, friends, passerbys, uh, street performers and shopkeepers how they scrape shit. You will be hearing from me soon, but now this, but know this. However you choose... That was the weirdest, like, the most English way I've ever heard you speak. What? But now this. Uh, that's because I actually read it as now, not no. Okay. But now, th- but know this. <laughs> again, there's a K, there's a fucking K. However you choose to clean the rear cleavage, I am on hand to discover that you are not alone, you side-wiping freaks. Until next time, the wipe water. Never forget. This is back. This is cu- this This has come back... Bigger than ever wipe before. Wipe supremacy is back in a big way. Yeah, so we've got to the end of the trophy f- fiasco and now wipe supremacy's back. Fuck, I thought we were done with this. <laughs> I'm so happy. I don't want to do a PlayStation podcast. I want to do a, an Andrex podcast. <laughs> I don't want to be on it. And, and so I take it he's going to go out and like kind of Vox Pop? Get some Voxes of people? Ask people I don't know. different things? I have no idea. To be honest... Has he not told you? No. <laughs> With his organisational skills, I'd be surprised if we ever hear from him again, to be honest. Oh well, hopefully he does. Yeah, maybe. News time. Mm. Hmm. 
PSR UK News, bringing you the latest news from across the world of PlayStation and beyond. With William McPinch and Robert Bignuts, this is PSR UK News. Here's today's headlines. The 12th Battlefield game is called Battlefield 1. The reviews are out for Uncharted 4. Respawn is making a Star Wars game. Fallout 4 survival patch is out now. Persona 5 has a Japanese release date. And Destiny somehow has almost 30 million users. How did you do? I'm Willie McPinch. Battlefield 1 is set in World War 1, and judging purely from the trailer, it's going to be handled with about as much tact as a coat hanger abortion. Yes, Willie. More than 38 million people died in the war, so maybe a remixed White Stripe song wasn't the best choice of music for the trailer, but that's besides the point. I've got all the information for you. As you say, it'll be set in World War I, but will take place in a variety of settings. I'll name a few so you get the picture. A French city, the Italian Alps, and Gallipoli. There's going to be a single-player campaign as well as a 64-player multiplayer, so it won't be downsized like previous console Battlefield games. Finally, it's due to release on the 21st of October. Uh. Naughty Dog's done it again, haven't they, Bobby? Yes, Willie. Uncharted 4 has a score of 94 on Metacritic. That makes it currently the highest-rated non-remastered game of the generation. Eat your heart out, Bloodborne, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. In fact, the closest game this generation is Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U. But let's face it, that's a last-generation console. Okay, old Bobby Kenobi, what's all this about Star Wars? Well, Willie, those talented folks over at Respawn, famous for making Titanfall, but even more famous for having a teenage strop and telling Activision to fuck off, well, they're making a Star Wars game. The studio's game designer for the unnamed title, Stig Asmundsen, who, while at Sony Santa Monica worked on the God of War franchise, described the Star Wars game as the chance of a lifetime home. That was this week's top stories. Now it's over to Ben and Simon to compare trailer music. I'm William McPinch, and until next time, why the fuck are folks still playing Destiny? I don't know. Yeah, we are 30 million people. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Let's talk about Battlefield, Simon. Yeah, um, Battlefield 1, which um, for some reason Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty think is a really clever name. Um, what the fuck? Who are they? I've never heard of them. I mean, I don't understand the title. Does that mean that Battlefield 2 was set in World War 2? No, because Battlefield 2 was set, it was in the modern era. It was set in a desert sort of modern era. Battlefield 1.5 would be a direct sequel, maybe. I mean, I thought they should have, shouldn't they just called it Battlefield The Great War or something? Or Battlefield 1916 or something. Yeah, because they've done that before. They had 1942, 1943. Um, Maybe they didn't I think want it's to confuse with just a multiplayer shooter. I don't know. Whatever. It comes across as an Xbox exclusive because of their stupid console name. Or a reboot of the franchise. But it's not. No. Because the franchise is not a linked franchise, so you can't reboot it. Before we continue to talk, because we've got a lot of stuff to say about Battlefield 1. Yeah. I just want to say, the idea of a shooter set in Battlefield 1, to me, is extremely exciting. And I think for you as well. Yeah. I'm very excited yeah. to see what they do with it. I loved Valiant Hearts The Great War. I know you didn't like it as much, but I really liked that setting. They, apart from the fact that they, f- for some reason, felt the need to have a 
stereotypical over-the-top German antagonist, which there, there really wasn't that much of in World War One at all. No. Um, they told a really heartbreaking Human story, story about yeah. yeah about people who didn't want to be in this war but they're all mixed up in it um and they have a real opportunity to do the same thing in battlefield one however the, the first thing we see about it is the complete opposite Yeah, so that's the that's the trailer music, um, and I'm I'm look. I had a little discussion on Facebook with uh, one of our listeners, Seb. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there's other war games. Okay, it's not it's not the fact that it's about a war. Every war is awful. It's not about trying to compare which war was worse than others and which ones you're allowed to make games about. That's not the problem. When Valiant Hearts came out, I said you could make a game about the Holocaust. You know, I've been I've been to Auschwitz. I've I've been to Gallipoli. I've been to all kinds of places where I've seen. I, mean, I know a lot about these different wars and why they were so awful. You could make a game about a concentration camp so long as it was tasteful. So long as it wasn't just, I don't know, you playing as a Nazi and killing lots of Jews. Getting high scores. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I wasn't... <laughs> okay, that sounded much worse than I intended it. Um, but, but yeah, you know, you know exactly what I mean then. You could make a game about anything. Yeah. It has to be handled well. Now, Call of Duty games and... and uh, Battlefield games have all done World War Two. Everything's fucking everyone's done World War Two before. Mm. The trailers aren't usually some music like this. In fact, the the trailer I point to now is Doom, right? Which you'd expect to be heavy metal, wub wub music. And I'd say it's it's less garish than uh, the World War One Battlefield trailer music. Mm-hmm. Um, I point to other Call of Duty trailers for for their Call of Duty One, Call of Duty Two, Call of Duty Three, Call of Duty Five. Other World War II Call of Duty games that didn't have trailer music like that. They had original scores. They had good yep. trailers. Um, probably Battlefield 1943 and 1942 didn't have trailer music like that. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, it's not the fact that it's just World War One. What makes it worse is that World War One has never been touched by games before. We've got Valiant Hearts, which was a tasteful game. And had wonderful music. Fantastic original music, everything. yeah. Um, and we've got some other games on PC, some like kind of flight simulators, um, maybe some kind of top-down RTS games, and a couple of first-person games are mods. I think there's a Steam mod, um, which is um, from World War One. This is the first sort of like mass, huge developer World War One game. Okay, so it's really interesting to see how they approach it because, for all we know, that could set the agenda of how people approach the war from now on. Um, and, and when you look at, you consider game and art, it's a, it's a medium, something that you can consume, like a film or a book or a poem. It's, it's the exact same. Look at how World War One's been handled before this. The, famous, the most famous content about World War One is very famous books from people that were there, famous poems from poets who were soldiers in the trenches. Um, and there's not even that many films about it. And then you can't, you can't, you have this trailer. And and the other thing is, this is my last point about why I think that this war should be approached slightly better than it is right now. So far, mm-hmm. it doesn't give me hope for how the campaign is going to be. World War One was a war of attrition. 
it was it was trench lines that were stagnated for years. Um, it was war, nations that didn't want to be at war, but were at war because of treaties. It, it was horrible. World War Two was a fucking nasty war, obviously. So was so every war. But at least there was an ultimate evil that had to be defeated. You know? And I don't want to get too deep about it because it's a video game podcast. But if you end up with a typical video game storyline, which we've seen, video game writers are fucking pathetic and can't write anything but this, where one person has to save the world or the universe or some fucking thing, it will not work with World War One. Because the average grunt soldier did not affect anything. And that was the whole... Um, the whole the whole thing about World War I was it didn't matter lives were wasted for an inch of ground you know it wasn't it wasn't worth it hmm. and if you falsi- if you falsify that by having I'm going to be Grunt Joe and I'm going to fucking save the world and I'm going to shorten the war by two years by doing this thing it will be an injustice to the memory of those people and in, in, in Britain and Australia especially, and even Turkey, we still remember World War One um, every year, you know? And this might sound sort of foreign to people in America who don't remember that that war. They remember different wars. Um, for us, the poppy that we wear every year and stuff, we we still kind of hold World War One as, as something that's untouchable. You don't want to make fun of it. Hmm. And And it seems like this is just a game for the sake of a game. Let's put in some action and let's put in some fucking rock music, and let's put in an American squad that, yeah, we're there from the start of the war, but why didn't you put in someone else? I heard Colin, I mean, I always, it's a weekly thing now, I talk about Colin Moriarty and the stupid stuff he comes out with, about how it's such a cool story to hear, because there's many untold stories from that war. Why don't you tell a story that makes more sense? Like, Indian soldiers, colonial soldiers, who weren't even fighting for their country, and were there from the start of the war. I just feel like it's shoehorning in Americans. It's going to be fucking American flags. It's going to be explosions. It's going to be action. It's going to be tasteless as fuck. I just know it. That's my concern as well. And this was part of the problem I had with with Valiant Hearts as well. As much as I absolutely adored that game. And as you said, yes, of course, there were there were a few Americans who were there from the start of the war. The, the, the main army didn't arrive until the very end of the war. And you cannot discount the contribution that any side made in that war no not at all that's not what i'm saying but it's it's if you want to tell the story of a war tell it right don't jump in to 19 um 1918 when there's tanks and steel helmets and americans and just make an action game i mean it would be a much more interesting game if it was a human story and throughout the game technology advances i mean that could be the war with the most quickly advancing technology in history so at the start you've got machine guns for the first time ever and people don't know what to do with them. Like, the enemy don't know what to do when they're getting shot. They just keep walking. Um, and by the end, you've got tanks, which weren't even nearly there at the start of the war. It's such a huge advancement. You, you have planes that go from only being used for, like, um, taking pictures of trenches to having machine guns on them and having dogfights. The war moves on so much, and, and technology advances so much in those years that they could have really had an, had an exciting game. And it looks like, and I, I know that... I'm basing this off one trailer, but it looks like it's just going to be um, a gung-ho action game set in the point when they can have all the technologies at once. Now, a good thing that you you can notice from from listening to the trailer is that there are pretty much every every accent you hear, I think, is actually British in that. You You don't hear an American accent in that trailer, as far as I can tell. But 
and this was the point I was trying to make. While you can't discount the efforts of any side in that war, I do take issue with the fact that in Valiant Hearts, they're like, oh, it's it's interesting because you get to explore, um, you know, you get to follow one of the main characters who's with uh, with the French Foreign Legion and he's an American who's come over. So that's great, but Why wasn't I feel like the only reason, yeah, I feel like the only reason you've got an American in there is to sell copies of the game. That's and exactly again, what it is. Not to discount the efforts of the American soldiers in that war at all. But there are so many untold signs that aren't fucking American. Yeah. And it's just well, so frustrating. You voiced it perfectly. That, that's exactly my gripe, which I didn't vocalise very well. It's not who they tell the story of. It's that it comes across as not a story that they want to tell or they, feels need, they feel needs to be told. It's a story that they know will sell them copies. And it's a merchandise idea. It's, a, it's, a, it's an idea from a boardroom. It's not an idea of someone like Neil Druckmann who wants to tell a fantastic story. And if you're not going to tell a good story, don't fucking go near this war. Don't don't just make it an action game. Because it it shouldn't be. It's It's been over 100 years of not being turned into what Call of Duty made World War II, which I'm not saying is right. But at least there was a baddie in that. And at least there was stories. And at least you could have, like um, Band of Brothers, you could have a company, Easy Company, um that went through the whole war and went through different countries and, and you didn't really have that in World War One. You just had whole cities getting wiped out and all, all friends just getting killed and, and you know, it's not the same. And I, I, I don't want to say the game's not going to be good because I still am looking forward to the game. Don't get me wrong, it could be awesome. I'm just worried that they're not going to handle it the way that they need to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trailer music is all that makes me think that and the way that it's edited and, you know, a guy with like a spiked bat beating someone's face in with action music going it's like yeah this is um tasteless i mean the doom yeah. trailer was more tasteful than this <laughs> we even looked up the call of duty world at war trailer play some here and at this point obviously they they haven't even uh, th- this was where it sort of started to take a turn. I think it was actually the last. This was the last World War Two called Yeah, so they were and even people, this one yeah. had had like uh, you know like fast-paced drumming, sort of like beating hard, and original machine score. guns going. Yeah, exactly. Nothing that was like yeah, like Ace of Spades or whatever the fuck playing in the background. You know. Yeah. Um, but from my very limited experience being in the games industry on the game development side, I can tell you categorically that 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 would not have been the decision of the people making the game. That would have purely been an EA marketing Board spin. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very hopeful, well, that, makes me hopeful. that this will yeah. not make any difference to the final product at all. But they, this is a very, very sensitive subject area, as you said, because it hasn't really been covered before. It's still a very sensitive subject to a, a lot, lot of countries, of countries of in countries. Europe and, and, and America. No, it probably isn't sensitive at all to America. You, most people in America probably don't even know they were there. It's being developed in by a European studio, though. So yeah, we, I know, I know. It's just, it's just that people listening from America might not have a clue what I'm on about or why I'm talking about this the way I am. Um, but it's not history to people in Europe, people in Australia. You still feel the effects of both world wars here. It's, it's, it's a huge cultural impact. The same way that um, Vietnam in America is remembered by Veterans Day, probably more than a lot of the other wars. That was like America's war. Mm. Well, world War One and World War Two for Britain they're still remembered every year um, yeah. I just think that it's something that is so sensitive and it's not been touched by anything else don't ruin it and I am hopeful 
And what mm. you said makes me hopeful as well, more so. Um, and I like the idea that it's going to go to different places. It's going to go to all these different places. It said Gallipoli in the news. I'm not sure if it's like somewhere. I know the news thinks said Arabia, but I don't know. Um, so let's say Gallipoli, Europe, um, uh, in France, um, Italy, Belgium. You go to all these places. And it might be good because you can tell individual stories. And they don't have to be massive because they won't be massive. They're small things and nothing massive happened. You know, it was a war of attrition. So hopefully they do something like that. And it could be done tastefully. And I'm hoping that's what they do. Um, and yeah. I don't mind if it's a multiplayer game. The multiplayer will al- always only be action. That's to be expected. And that's nothing that I'd I'd pick a bone with. But if you're going to do a story campaign, it cannot be a Call of Duty Save the World campaign. Um, and that's what the music made me worry about. So that's my... I've said my piece. Email in your thoughts. Um, I'm not trying to hate on Battlefield. I've played like every Battlefield game there is. Um... So yeah, hopefully, hopefully people don't get too annoyed. I have that opinion, like Seb did. Yeah, absolutely, and and I'm sure I'm sure Seb understands that that this absolutely is not directed at him, and it, it really it was. No, I no, think no. Seb may have misunderstood the point we were trying to make. It absolutely wasn't. We wouldn't even begin to consider touching the idea of discussing which war was worse than another one, because of course they're all fucking awful. The point we're trying to make this is one's that untouched. The music was and the, yeah. it's, it's an untouched war, and also the music just didn't fit really. No, with it didn't. The subject matter. If it was a World War Two film with that music, I'd be like, wow, this is fucked up. I might not yeah. say anything. Because it's World War Two, and it's like the 700th game that we've had about it. You know, we've got Wolfenstein, which has a completely different history and everything. It's like, at this point, that war is like fair game. It's been bastardised so much at this point. And you had baddies, as you said. You did have bad guys in that war. Yeah, like you had a bad ideology. I mean, obviously, every, every grunt was just a human being, but mm-hmm. at least you had an evil that had to be destroyed. Yeah, but there we go. That's, that's what yeah. we've... Uh, that's our opinion. I'm still very hopeful for the game. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed we'll find out a bit more at E3. Speaking of E3, Simon. Yes. Persona 5 had a stream, I think, last week where the Japanese release date was announced. It's September, mm. so it is coming out this year. We still don't have a Western release. I know you don't give a fuck, but this is hugely exciting for me. Yeah. It has been confirmed that it will be at E3 this year. So fingers crossed we'll get a Western release date and hopefully it comes out this year because I can't wait much longer. Is it going to be new characters or is it like a sequel sequel? It's it Each each game, kind of like Final Fantasy, is is a new set of characters uh, apart from direct sequels and spin-offs like Persona 4. Had and this is a new, completely new one then? This is a new one. It's set in the same world and universe. So there'll, there'll be nods and references. Yeah, stuff I would But get. you'll, you'll I never get overt character appearances. Um, watch the trailer like stylistically it's incredible looking yeah. it's so cool looking yeah I've got nothing against it I, I just would never have played the other ones because they're on consoles I don't use anymore yeah or Vita yeah so I probably uh, will jump into 5 just so I can see I've tried it and... yeah that'd be good I mean it's the 20th anniversary of Persona so who knows we might get some kind of collection on PS4 and you could give Persona 4 yeah. a go which yeah. is amazing yeah sure uh, but yeah that's that's exciting uh, Fallout 4 survival patch have you used that yet? I haven't. It basically changes everything so that you have to get water and food and, and, and sleep and everything is different. Um, I think the bullets do more damage. You get less ammunition. It's it's, incre- it's crazy. So if you want to How play it... How does it compare to New Vegas's uh, hardcore mode, whatever it was called in that? I no idea. Probably very similar though. I mean, that was the first one that did it, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So it's probably, it's probably very similar to that. The other big news for Fallout 4 is that the the DLC has a release date and I'm pretty sure it's out this month. The big DLC. 
Oh, like yes, the story yes, Far one. Harbour. It's out on the, I think it's out on the 19th. Yeah, so for my birthday. So Far Harbour's out very soon. I'll be playing that a lot. Mm-hmm. But let us know what you think of that. Will do. Um, and tight, uh, there's a Star Wars game by the guys that made Titanfall and the uh, Call of Duties and all that. Um, yeah, that could that could be good. We know nothing about it, so there's nothing to talk about, really. Not really, no. For that one. Uh, but there we go. That, I think that's pretty much the news. That is indeed the news. Uh, let's end the show. Let's do it. Oh, hello. Didn't hear you come in. I'm esteemed voice actor Richard McGonagall. And what I find goes best with a glass of brandy, open fireplace, and my best smoking jacket and slippers is a good episode of PlayStation Radio UK. You know you want to be like me. So go on. Get listening. End the show. End of the show. End it show. End of the show. End it show. End of the show. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we we got a bit deep and we got a bit dark there with uh, with World War One. Oh, it's worth discussing. You understand where we're coming from. It's a yeah, discussion it's that I've not heard anywhere else, and I, no. I think it should be discussed by someone. Absolutely, I've listened to a few podcasts and they're like, "Oh yeah, it looks cool." So, and most people saying, "Oh yeah, the trailer was really cool." So the trailer, the trailer was is cool, cool, but but the, it. Yeah. I mean, hell, I even edited at your suggestion a track from Valiant Hearts mm-hmm. over the top of it in place, which is now on our Facebook page, which is where we were discussing this this point with Seb, yeah. uh, listener Seb. So you can go and watch that. And it just, I mean, it doesn't fit it doesn't, perfectly yeah. in time to stuff that's happening yeah. on screen, but it's it just, it, it, give, it compounds and makes you think, oh God, this is really horrible. It gives you an happening. idea of what they could have done. If Let's say their trailer was the exact same, but with more slow motion and an original score behind it. Um, it would have been tasteful and people would have enjoyed it just as much the thing is it's a great trailer and it has a good pacing and it makes you want to play the game but that's besides the point it isn't just a product you shouldn't just judge it as a trailer yeah and that was my point so yeah um, let's talk about where you can go to find more of our stuff more Mm. of our bleak depressing chat Um, (laughs) you can go to our website www.playstationradio.co.uk find all our episode links up there and links to our Twitter and Facebook which is Playstation Radio UK for Facebook and at PS Radio UK for Twitter you can get on our PS4 community which is awesome and I'm really enjoying it it's getting better and better by the day if it annoys you how many people post and you get a notification you can turn those notifications off well, and can you, can, you, you can only just jump in That's and have good. a look whenever you want or whenever you want to post something. So don't leave if it's annoying. You just um, turn off the notifications. Um, uh, you can add us on PSN as well. We're in that community all the time, so that's the best way to find us. Mm-hmm. And leave us an iTunes review. That really helps us climb the rankings, get more listeners, um, gives us more motivation to listen uh, to listen to record podcasts. Mm-hmm. And lastly, you can go on our YouTube. We're trying to post stuff there as, as often as possible. And that is youtube.com slash playstation radio uk excellent i have been slacking on until dawn there's only a couple of episodes left but i've been pretty busy yep um so i'll continue that soon maybe i'll get an episode out in the next couple of days who knows yeah but there we go simon thank you very much for, for talking with me this day and let's go play some dark souls yeah love, love you, you. You've been listening to the PlayStation Radio UK podcast. To find out more, go to www.playstationradio.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at PS Radio UK.
So, if you've never played a computer game, don't dismiss them. There are games for all mentalities. It's just that the good games are hidden behind a massive crap.